Attention all basketball fans. CMG Sports presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Welcome to Sports Talk with RNJ. I am Steve Richard along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And OBJ is free. On Friday, the Browns said they were going to release Odell Beckham. He, they placed him on waivers on Monday. He cleared waivers. Nobody picked him up. And now he is a free agent. And it's going to be interesting. Yes. Do I think he was the player he used to be? No. Can he be, uh, you know, a top, play, a top receiver on a team anymore? I don't think so. But he definitely can help a contending team. And you're seeing right now the three teams that he's, that he's eyeing are the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Saints. And and looking at these three teams, I think the best fit for him is the Green Bay Packers. I think it's the Green Bay Packers because, you know, he'll he'll be playing with Aaron Rodgers. He has Devontae Adams on the other side. they got a good running back in Aaron Jones. He doesn't have to be the guy with the Packers. He could be the third option on that offense, and he could really, really help that offense. And and if he screws around, if he's disruptive, disruptive, the Packers will just get rid of him. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs, I think, is a really good fit, fit too. I think if he goes to the Chiefs, that's that's a really good fit because you're playing with Patrick Mahomes. Even though he's not been as good this year, still playing with Patrick Mahomes you got Travis Kelsey you got Tyreek Hill you have uh you have Beckham on the other side I mean they I mean teams are teams are gonna have a lot of I mean even though Odell Beckham's not great anymore teams are gonna have a lot of issues you know covering you know Odell Beckham Travis Kelsey and uh and Tyreek Hill and so I mean that that would be a really really good fit as well and maybe that would change the way teams play the Chiefs maybe they won't play those two deep safety maybe they'd have to have a safety over the top on Tyreek Hill or uh, OBJ so maybe that changes the way teams defend the Chiefs so That'll be really interesting to see what happens there if he goes. To, we'll see what happens if he goes to Kansas City. And then the last one is the New Orleans Saints. This is a team that desperately needs a wide receiver. With Michael Thomas out for the year, the Saints desperately need a wide receiver. The problem is the quarterback isn't good. He's not. It, it would be worse. It'd be a down. It'd be a downgrade from what he had in Cleveland. It'd be the worst quarterback he'd have in his career. So even if he went to the Saints. I don't think he's making that. I mean, yes, Alvin Kamara's in that offense. Maybe they change the way they defend Alvin Kamara. I mean, maybe the offense is a little bit better, but 
it's still he's I don't think he would reach his full potential even though he would be this easily the second option in that offense I don't think he would reach his full potential he played for the Saints because Trevor Simeon is not a good quarterback so for me it's three teams the Packers the Chiefs and the Saints those are my top three and I think he fits best with the Packers Justin where do you think he fits what team do you think fits him best yeah I think it's the Packers uh, for me as well um you know because yeah with just you know the Packers have really just had Adams Aaron Rodgers wanted kind of an upgrade that number two. Obviously, yeah, Odell's not the same, but he's better than um, Martez Bentley, Scanlon, and, or Alan Lazar. And both those two have had kind of some injury concerns over the years, so they haven't been able to stay healthy. So, yeah, you're able to add a guy like Odell as a number two. Kind of keeps Rodgers happy. You know, there's be some, you know, two dramas in there with Rodgers and, and Odell. But, yeah, if, if, it does, if you know, Odell can't really – if Odell's kind of not – the right behavior, then yeah, Green Bay kind of kicks him out. Uh, but I think that fits well. You know, he's going to go play for contender, be the best quarterback that um, Odell's played for. And, you know, um, maybe it'd be good for Odell being a good deep threat too for Aaron Rodgers with that team. I, I had the Saints as number two. You know, yeah, right now they lack that quarterback right now, either, you know, Trevor Simeon or um, Taysom Hill, whoever kind of starts. Probably more Hill, you know, could he be a deep threat at times with that running attack? Sure. He's from the area, so maybe, you know, going back, playing for the Saints, I don't know, maybe maybe he kind of did with his antics, maybe go away a little bit. If he goes back and Sean Payne's not going to put up with something like that, he's obviously going to be the number one receiver um, with that team right now. It's a team that I know they, they're, uh, you know, five and three right now. They're a playoff team. They're Probably not a Super Bowl contender, but their playoff team could have a chance to go play um, some big games late in this year. So that's my number two team. And then number three, yeah, I have the, I have the Chiefs as well with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You know, Travis Kelsey hasn't been, you know, been not has not been able to create the like, separation that we're normally seeing. You know, Tyreek Hill. You know, they're still trying to take the deep threat. Um, you know, Odell maybe you know comes in there. Yeah, take some pressure off the other two guys. They've been running the ball better. Um, you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, take some pressure kind of off. Um, you know, Hill, Hill and Kelsey adding an OBJ to that to that wide receiver core there. Um, you know, a team that, you know, obviously once again would be the best quarterback that OBJ's kind of been paired up with here. But um, he would definitely be a big help to the Kansas City Chiefs. If they, you know, if they kind of change their offense a bit, obviously, and you know, with that, too deep safety look that teams have been throwing in there a lot against them. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Chiefs are number three there as well because they, they, I think they do need another wide receiver because outside of that, those two, they really don't have much. And I think OGJ would help out there as a number two wide receiver. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But we got to get to Xander. Uh, he says, why not Dallas? You know, go all in like the Rams did, you know, OBJ, CD, Cooper, Zeke, monster team. You could you could see them going all in, but the problem is really since 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 Greg Hardy, I mean yes, they did go out and trade for Amari Cooper, but they filled it. That was a huge that was a huge hole in that team when they went out and got Amari Amari Cooper. Since Greg Hardy, they really the Cowboys really they, they like to you know build build uh, build within the build from the draft. Uh, you know, sign their own guys. They're not a team. They really the last you know you know five years the Cowboys just haven't been a team that, that's you know wants to make flashes splashes in free agency or, or make a splash from like this and get Odell Beckham I just don't see the Cowboys doing something like that Jerry Jones like his like his Jerry and Stephen Jones like likes their opinion in the draft to matter they like to sign their own guy so yes it would be a monster team but I just don't I just don't I just don't see that happening I, I just don't see it happening 
Yeah, I don't either. Um, I don't because I, I think that, you know, there's too many guys in that locker room for Odell that he's not going to get the attention he wants to. So I just don't think it would mix well. It would be a monster team. I, he's absolutely right. But yeah, I don't I don't think it would be the greatest fit in the world. And yeah, Jerry Jones kind of likes his opinion. Um, I, I, it would obviously be a monster team, but yeah, I don't really see it doing. It. I see Jason's comment. Uh, I think the Ravens could be a really nice fit too. Oh, there. really, really good fit. But I just feel like with John Harbaugh, he's not going to put up with him. I, I just don't know if John Harbaugh mm-hmm. is really going to put up with his nonsense. I, I just don't. Even though it'd be a great fit, it would really would fit. It would fill a need, and you know, you give Lamar that. You, you give Lamar o- Odell Beckham. I mean, o- Lamar will make Odell Beckham better. So I definitely could definitely see the Ravens as a fit. I definitely could too. I, I could definitely see that being a possibility. You know, they don't really, you know, Marquise Brown's been good. You know, I, I'm excited to see what Rashawn Bateman can do there for his That's finally kind of healthy. He's played the last few weeks. I like him. But, yeah, I, I think this is a guy definitely, well, you know, off of play action, I think could, could be huge there for Odell Beckham. So, I, I definitely the Ravens could be a nice fit. They they definitely could use another wide receiver there as they try to, um, you know, because Lamar's looked better through the air. His, You know, he, he looks a lot better throwing the football. So, yeah, I definitely – would like that fit too there if he does end up going the Ravens. Yeah, right now Lamar's a top tier quarterback. This is, I mean, I don't care what the stats say. This is the best season Lamar's had. I mean, he's, he, they they said he couldn't play from behind. He's t- he's brought the Ravens back for, brought the Ravens back from behind three times this year. So Odell Beckham, yes, you might not be the receiver he used to be, but that would be a really good that would be a really good signing for the Ravens if that happens. Yeah, absolutely, it would be because you know they had that big one last week. Um, yeah, yeah, I have heard the Pats have reached out. I yeah, I mean money. Money could be. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Money, okay. Um, money, yeah. Money's kind of the issue there. Um, I know. I've heard Bill Belichick's had a. He had does have a. Um, does respect Odell Beckham a lot too. So, I think that would work. But yeah, I don't know what the money issue. Yeah, because they. I think they only have like three million left, so they would have to maneuver a little bit there. But I wouldn't mind it. I, I'd take OBJ. Um, thing would you know, Mac Jones played with some big time wide receivers at Alabama. He's able to kind of spread around. So like, I'd be able, I, you know, it'd be nice to see him with a kind of a wide receiver, like OBJ, see what he can do with them. Um, but you know, if he doesn't get his targets, you know, what happens there? If he gets, you know, if he's not happy with Mac Jones there. Um, I would think Bill wouldn't let him, you know, I think Bill will cut him, but they, they, you know, usually, you know, like I know like Antonio Brown, was happy to be at the Patriots like that one week he was there. Like he, you know, so they usually have been pretty good when they get these stars in here for the most part. But um, I think AB just had a little bit too many issues, but yeah, I, I'd take them for the Patriots as well. They could find a way to um, maneuver kind of money um, for however they could do that right now. So I, I'd, I'd definitely take them with the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, it was Phil Anik. I mean, the Patriots receiving yeah. core is, I mean, improved. it's improved from last year, but it's still not good. I mean, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Nikhil Harry, they could really use an Odell Beckham. They could use a guy that, you know, if the teams now are game playing to stop Damian Harris, they, they could use an Odell Beckham because, I mean, that would even, that would open up even more running lanes for Damian Harris. I mean, he was great. Beckham's, Beckham in his prime was really good with the slant route. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I think Beckham with the Patriots would be a good fit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they, Ran a lot of kind of slants with, um, you know, Edelman kind of using like that slot guy kind of for for some, you know, with, with that slant pass as well over there. So I, I definitely would. It, yeah, it's still a, definitely a need for the Patriots. You know, Warren's been okay. Aguilar's been all right. Like, it, you know, they have a bunch of okay wide receivers. And, yeah, like they could get 
a good wide receiver. I wouldn't call him elite OBJ, but it's a good wide receiver. He would obviously be number, our number one guy, which I think would make him very happy because he'd get majority of the targets. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see what happens to the Odell Beckham. It'll be interesting what happens. I think he's going to get signed within the next couple of days. Yes, he was a distraction in Cleveland, but I think he's still a talented player. So I, I wouldn't, I would be surprised if he wasn't signed in the next couple of days. But we got to get to the slate of games, and we're going to start with Odell Beckham's old team, who travels up to Foxborough this weekend in a big game. You got the five and four Patriots against the five and four Browns. This is a big game, especially for a wild card spot in the AFC. I mean, I think in this game, there's a good chance Nick Chubb's not going to play, but. The one game Chubb didn't play, Dearness Johnson did a really good job stepping in for him. And I think if that happens, if Chubb doesn't play, I think Dearness Johnson is going to step in again. I feel like the Browns have the best run. I know they won't have Jack Conlon, but they have the best run-blocking offensive line in the league. So I don't think they're going to get their yards in the ground. I do think Baker and Mac Jones are going to get a turnover each way. I do. I think Cleveland's going to contain New England's running game. I think the Browns are going to force a turnover for Mac Jones. I think this is a close competitive game. But at the end of the day, I'm going to take the team the team with the better roster. I'm going to take the team with the better roster to win this game and go to six and four. I got the Browns beating the Patriots 23 to 20. But Justin, can the Pats deforce Baker to turn the ball over a couple times and help them win their fourth straight? I think they do. I get the Patriots win this game 24 to 20. Their last three during this three game winning streak, they forced eight turnovers, and that's kind of been their bread and butter the last few years is getting those turnovers. You know, short field for the offense, you know, even like those special team plays, you know, last few years. That, that's kind of what's kind of been their mantra. And they're, they're finally starting to be able to do that. Um, you know, I like Christian Barmore last week as well. I think he had three quarterback pressures last week. I, You know, he's starting to really play well. Um, I think he, you know, could have a sack too. You know, put some pressure on Baker, makes a bad throw in this game. You know, I, I think Cleveland offense is better off without OBJ. You kind of saw that last week. Baker looked really good without him. Um, but I think the Patriots defense right now, I think they're starting to play better. You know, I know last week they played Sam Darnold. They had so much success, you know, over the years against him with New York, but I, I really like the way they're playing. I think the first, when they played Cleveland two or three years ago, they forced like, uh, two interceptions as well, two or three interceptions against Baker. I think they could do that again this week. JC Jackson had, um, you know, pick last week. So I'll take the, I'll take the Patriots to win at home 24 to 20. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the you talk about the Patriot defense playing better. I mean, J.C. Jackson's played you know re- really well. Uh, Christian Barmore, he's he's played pretty well. Matt Judon's been outstanding. Yeah. So yeah, their defense has played better. I just feel like Cleveland has a better roster, and I think without OBJ, Cleveland has an identity. Cleveland's identity is running the football. Kevin Stefanski, and I said this last week. This 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 these issues with OBJ are not on Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski has built an identity. He's, he's changing the culture here. He's built an identity for this Browns team, and that's that's being a run first team. Odell didn't want to fall in line. Sadly, he, you know, he could have been on one of the best teams in his career, but he refused to fall in line. So Kevin Stefanski, I really like what he's done here in Cleveland. I think I think they continue it on Sunday. I mean, it'll be a really close game, but I think they continue it on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I could I could see because, yeah, the Browns do have the better roster. I definitely agree with you, Kim. I, I really like Stefan, Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, it was a great hire by the Browns. Yeah, you know, OBJ kind of didn't like the, you know, didn't like, you know, how many targets he was getting. I know he's kind of been banged up the last couple of years with Cleveland. But, yeah, you know, I thought their offense looked a lot better last week. They were, you know, ran the football really well. You know, Baker made plays when he had to, and they blew out, you know, Cincinnati. They put 41 on them. I thought their offense just looked a whole lot better, a lot more in sync and a lot more together. So, I completely agree. I, I think they're better off without Odell Beckham on this team right now. 
Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Because we got Xander in the chat, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. We're going to talk about their game this week against the Atlanta Falcons. They look to bounce back from an absolutely pathetic performance last week. And I'm telling you, I said this on the show with the Cowboy fans that, you know, they're upset that they're not compared to the Rams or the Cardinals or the Packers or the Buccaneers. This is why. They had a total no-show last week. And they, pro- they proved to me that they're, they're clearly the fifth-best team in the, in, the, in, the, in the NFC. I mean, their defense is improved, but the secondary still has issues. Trayvon Diggs is, is overrated. Yeah, I see the seven interceptions, but the Broncos targeted him. He's all that touchdown by Tim Patrick. Trayvon Diggs is overrated. Dak had a really, really poor performance last week, and he's good to have you know one or two of those a year. So, I mean, I think that, I think that the Cowboys – but I do think that with the Cowboys this week, they're a better football team than the Atlanta Falcons. And I do think they're going to bounce back and they're going to prove that because I think they're going to do it on the, in the run game, which they didn't get the run game going last week. And that was, I think, a big issue, you know, with uh, – with, 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 uh, and uh, we got a comment from Xander. Oh, but the Rams didn't lose to the – listen, the Titans, are, the, the Titans are a much better football team than the, than the Broncos. The Broncos traded their best player. They traded their best player. Uh, 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 during the week, and you lost them, and the score didn't even indicate the game. You really lost them like thirty to eight or thirty to nothing. You didn't lose them thirty yeah. to sixteen. I mean, you scored those two touchdowns in garbage time. So, I mean, yeah, the Ram- the Rams lost to the you know the, the Henry Louis Titans, but the Titans are are a good, are a good football team. They're 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 becoming one of the top teams in this league. Their defense is much improved this year. Jeffrey Simmons is a beast. Harold Landry's played really well. Kevin Byard's one of the top safeties in football. Their defense has definitely improved. So. Yeah, I mean, and again, the cards got spanked. But all right, the Cardinals lost that game. Lost that game by you know by three points. You lost to the Broncos by thirty. The Cardinals are a better football team than you. They clearly are in, in, in almost every facet of the game. And the Bucks lost to a backward team. That's a divisional game, dude. Okay, it's a divisional game where you know and they lost by two points. Brady's had trouble against the Saints. He's one and three against the Saints. Zero and three in the regular season. Those losses make sense to me. The Cowboy performance against the Broncos didn't make sense to me. It just didn't make sense to me. But getting back to this game, I feel like they're going to beat the Falcons. They're the better football team. They're going to be able to run the ball with Ezekiel Elliott and, and uh, Tony Pollard. Xander, uh, uh, now you've got to – I'm not making excuses. I'm just seeing what I see, dude. I'm just seeing what I see. Uh, you know, they're going to run the ball with, uh, with, with Tony Pollard and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I think Dak Prescott is a big day. And I think on defense, they get pressure on Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's had a really good year. Without him, I think the Falcons are a, a one-win team. So I do think that the defense with Randy Gregory is going to get pressure on Matt Ryan. They're going to stop the run, maybe force a turnover there. And that's why I got, I got the Cowboys win. I got the Cowboys winning 31 to 20 on Sunday in Dallas. But Justin, the question is can Matt Ryan outduel Dak and get the Falcons over 500? Probably not. Um, I had Dallas win this game 30 to 20, but my two cents last week in the Cowboys was a game you won last Sunday night at Minnesota against a team with your backup quarterback in Cooper Rush. And then kind of just figured they could just walk into the game against Denver and win by 30. Like, I, I think they were just kind of just feeling themselves a little bit too much. And then I heard Jerry Jones – I heard comments from Jerry Jones saying, yeah, you know, um, going over the game plan with Mike McCarthy before the game, uh, you know, we weren't surprised with anything the Broncos did. You know, they didn't surprise us with anything, which tells me Jerry Jones's game plan with Brian, uh, Mike McCarthy, which I think a little bit scary, but – Shows that he's been in the room even for game planning stuff. But um, that was my two cents. Again, they just got whooped. They didn't really show out at all. But um, um, I don't think the year's over. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean listen, listen. I'll admit the Bills are in danger. The Bills yeah. are. In, I'll admit that the Bills are in danger. I think still think they win that division. But they, they are. The Bills are in trouble. I mean, they're that. I know what you, I know what you're referencing there. The Bills lost to the Jaguars. That was a terrible loss. Absolutely yeah. pathetic loss. That was a worse loss than your loss to the Broncos. That was a terrible loss 
to the Jaguars. So I'll admit the Bills, they can't run the football. Their offensive line has struggled. Josh Allen hasn't been as good this year. I'll admit the Bills are in trouble. But that's really the only team that's lost to a really, really bad team. If you look at the teams all around the NFC, the Cardinals' one loss was to the Packers. I mean, the, the two losses that the Packers had, the, the first one was to the Saints, and the Saints are still a decent team. And then the second loss was to the Chiefs, which they would have won that game if Aaron Rodgers would have played. We look at the Buccaneers, their two losses, to the Rams, one of the top teams in the league. And then their second loss was to the Saints. That's, that's still a decent team. Then you look at the Rams' losses, to the Cardinals and Titans, two of the best teams in the league. None of those teams lost to, lost to, to Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos on their home field. So that's why I'm critical of the Cowboys. I, yeah, personally, I do hate the Cowboys, but, you know, doing this show, I'm objectively just analyzing, analyzing what's going on. And, and, and the Cowboy fans don't like it. I get it. They think I'm a Cowboy hater because I'm, because I'm a, because I'm a Giants fan, but I'm just saying that the Cowboys have that right now, they haven't proven to me. They're a very good team. They haven't proven to me that they're a great team this year. That's just, that's just all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, the Cowboys, I see, you know. Um, I, listen, listen, I, I, am not, I, I did not no, ever crown I, the Bengals I, the best team in the AFC. I never crowned them as the best team no. in, the, in the AFC. I like the Bengals. I like, I like you know, Joe Burrow. I like, I love Jamar Chase. I, I like some of the talent they got on defense now with Logan Wilson and, and Trey Hendrickson. But with that head coach, I would never crown the Bengals. Uh, that's something I, I was not one to crown the Bengals. Let's, 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 let's no. just be real there. No, I, I, I thought the Bengals were, I had been a playoff team, but yeah, no, I never thought they were the Best team in the AFC, especially two weeks ago after they beat the Ravens. I still thought that um, I still thought the Bills were the best team. Now I, you know, it's right between like the Ravens and the Titans right now. Yeah. Best team in the AFC. Um, but like I, I, you know, I think Dallas is a good team. I think you know, McCarthy's not the greatest coach. He's done all right. The defense is better than it has been. Parsons made a difference. Parsons made a big difference. Oh, absolutely. With yeah. that pass rush, that you know, he, he's been great. That was a great draft pick. I think the Dow- Dallas is kind of having a nice core. They're building a nice core. They can get another piece or two in that secondary, another piece or two, you know, uh, on, on that, you know, yeah, defensive-wise. I like, you know, um, you know. Um, oh, I said, Tanner, all I'm saying is Dallas shouldn't be out of the top five. In, in the power rankings because of that loss. Uh, I think they, I think they deserve to be out of the top five. I think, I think you're saying the Cardinals are, you're saying the Cardinals, Cardinals, uh, Packers, uh, Packers, uh, Buccaneers, Rams, they're all better. And I'd argue right now, the Titans, the Titans are better. And I think, I don't know about the Ravens. The Ravens don't have as good of a roster, yeah. but I think that the quarterback's definitely better for the Ravens. I would take Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott. Any day in week. coaching. And coaching, coach, coach, not even close. Yeah. Coaching yeah. a much better coach. Yeah, like I think Ravens Cowboy would be a good match, but you know, yeah, I think coaching wise, that that'd be a good one. I, yeah, those two teams are really close on paper, or I, you know, if they played, but yeah, I think the Ravens have a little bit better roster. Um, I, I, yeah, I think Cowboys are, you know, still like yeah, the fifth best team in the NFC. Again, I, I think they could win. A, you know, that game hurts for them to, you know, sit there for that one seed because I, you know, that's a game you got to win if you want that one seed. You know, because I think that's going to be huge for Dallas. That's something that, you know, could hurt them at the end of the year. Um, but, like, look, you know, they have the Chiefs coming up. They have the Raiders coming up. Like, we're, I think we're going to we're gonna find out. I know they have, like, Arizona, but that's not till week 17. And who knows kind of, you know, what's going on by then. But, you know, like, if Dallas can win those two games, you know, because the Raiders – we'll find out a lot about the Raiders this weekend, and I guess even the Chiefs, but – those are two good teams. I know the Chiefs have been struggling, but Chiefs, that's still, you know, offensively, they, they have a lot of weapons. So, um, you know, I will kind of find out more about the Cowboys. But, you know, this week, I think, you know, Matt Ryan, 
could make some plays against this team. You know, can they get Kyle Pitts more involved? He still has one touchdown. And Cordell Patterson's been really, really hot right now so far this year. He's been a really nice pickup for the Falcons. But um, I, I see Dallas bouncing back. I don't see Atlanta get, making too many stops in this game. And they blew, almost blew a, what, 25-point lead last week. So I got to go with Dallas to bounce back this week. I, I can't see him losing at home again this week. We got to get to the Thursday night game, and the Ravens travel down to Miami to face the Dolphins. And I, I don't, I don't see Tua playing. I don't see Devontae Parker playing. I don't see this being a game. I think the Ravens run all over. I think the Ravens will run all over the uh, run over, run all over the Dolphins' uh, deep defense. I think this is a game where Lamar Jackson has another big game. And I think on defense, Jacoby Brissett makes mistakes. Uh, when you don't have Will Fuller, you don't have Devontae Parker. You saw last week the Dolphins had a really ugly win against the, against the Texans. And I think it's going to be an ugly night for the Dolphins. I think they get crushed in this game. I got the Dol- the Ravens beating the Dolphins 31-2-13. But Justin can't – I don't even have a question for that game. Do you got the Ravens as well? Yeah, the Ravens, um, they got them 28-17. Um, you know, I think it could be a little bit more blowout now that there's some more kind of injury news I've been reading the last few hours. So um, I think the Ravens should blow them out. Lamar should do whatever he wants in this game. And, you know, I, I don't think the Ravens should have much of a problem. Maybe it's closer. Like, Thursday night games are weird, so maybe it's close a little bit early. But uh, I can't see this thing being closer more than a half here. I got to I gotta take the Ravens in this game. Um yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can see Waddle getting stats because they, you know, the Ravens mm, could be up cool. big, you know, in the game, and they think and Waddle could put up, you know, big numbers, garbage time numbers. I, I could see that happening in this game. Yeah, I could too. I could see Waddle getting some, you know, some numbers in this game. Um, yeah, because yeah, I think they're going to be behind. Who knows how long they have the ball though for? You know, they're going to have to probably hit some deep plays if the Ravens hold on the ball for. You know, they have a couple big six, seven-minute drives in the second half because they're up by a couple scores. So, yeah, I got the Ravens um, win this one big on Thursday. Yeah, so now we're going to go to our best bets. And uh, my best bets this week is and the game we just talked about. I got the Ravens uh, minus seven and a half against the Dolphins. I just don't see the Dolphins with two, with, with, without two of them, without Parker and without Fuller, even coming close to beating the Ravens, who are arguably the best team in the AFC. I got the Browns, another game we just talked about, uh, one, one and a half, with uh, get, getting a point and a half in New England. I just think with the roster that the uh, the Browns have, they still have a really good roster. They have a better roster than New England. If I'm getting points in that game, I'm taking the Browns. And then I'm taking the Raiders plus the two and a half. I mean, the Raiders being a road favorite, getting two and a half points, that's definitely a game you're jumping on. So that's why and, – and the Kansas City, yes, they've won, but they definitely have not looked impressive. They did not look impressive in their win over the Giants, and they didn't look impressive in their win over the Packers. So – I'm taking the Raiders plus two and a half this Sunday. Yeah, um, my theory that I got this week are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think you know Tom Brady has been stewing over that Saints game now for two weeks, coming off a bye. Washington secondary is horrific. Tampa has not played well on the road. I get that. I think they're. I, I you know I don't see Taylor Heineke being able to keep up. I think it's like thirty-four to twenty. Buccaneers win this game. I think Tom Brady does whatever he wants. I think the defense makes enough plays to kind of win by two scores. Um, but I think this would be a long day for Washington secondary. I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. I'm going to pick against the Chargers last week. I, or I picked against the Chargers last week. I'm picking against them again. I think this would now – I know there's some news coming out on Dalvin Cook. Um, we'll get to that. We talked about that game. Okay. We'll um, yep. But if Cook doesn't play and it's Alexander Madison, I still think he has a huge day on the ground. The Chargers just do not care at all about stopping the run. I think you know Vikings can kind of control possession of that game. I think they get some pressure on Herbert, and I think the Vikings go on the road and beat the Chargers. And then I also have the Raiders beating the Chiefs. 
I, I, you know, the Raiders moved up and down the field against the Giants. I think they went to red zone five or six times. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. It, 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 the problem was they missed a they missed a chip shot field goal. Carmis Waller wide open in the end zone. You know, you know, Carmis Waller wide open in the end zone before the half. Uh, they, they one of the other possessions they kicked a field goal. They yeah, they didn't they didn't take advantage of a turnover from Danny Dimes and kicked another field goal. And then obviously the fumble to lose to lose the game. So they did move. Yeah, they did move the ball up and down the field against the Giants. They just didn't cash in when they when, when they when they had their opportunities. No, they didn't. And I think against a Chiefs defense that is, they, you know, you can say what they want. They beat the Packers, but they couldn't even beat, cover the Packers at home on Sunday. Like, you know. With Jordan Love and with Jordan yeah. Love not playing well. Yeah, he did not play well at all. Um, he did not have much time to do anything at all in that game. But um, I, I can't see the Chiefs getting any stops against the Raiders this week. The Raiders should have won both games last year, too. And now the Chiefs are drastically worse. I know everything's kind of going on with the Raiders right now past few weeks, but I'll, I'll take the Raiders won't go at home 27 to 23. I'll take them to win the game. Yeah, we'll see what happens with our best bets this week, but we got to get back to the slate of games, and we got the Saints traveling to Nashville to face the Titans, and I do think this is going to be a competitive game. I do think without Derrick Henry, last week the Titans' defense played really well with the offense, and only plays to face a really good Rams defense, but they only scored, I mean, if you don't count, you know, them getting that, you know, two yard to scoring that, like, having that like two yard touchdown pass by Ryan Tannehill, they really only scored 14 points on, on, on offense. So I do think the Saints defense is going to keep them in the game. But at the end of the day, I'm taking Ryan Tannehill over. I'm taking the Titans passing game over the Saints passing game with Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones and AJ Brown over what the Saints have to offer with uh, Trevor Simeon, uh, Marquez Callaway and, uh, and uh, Deontay Harris. I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking that the Titans passing game any day of the week. That's why I got them winning 24, 17 over I got the Titans winning 24-17 over the Saints, but Justin, can the Saints defense keep them in the in the game for them to pull the upset? I think they can, but I think Titans won this game at home 23 to 20. Um I expect them to play it better defensively. They weren't great. Matt Ryan kind of tore them apart last week. Uh, I, you know, they're gonna have to get a couple of picks. They're gonna have to help out their offense in this game. You know, they gotta keep Julio Jones and um Julio Jones and AJ Brown, you know, in check in this game as well. Um you know, they got to be able to do, do that, get get some pressure on Tannehill. Um, they, you know, I don't think Titans are having much success running the ball in this game. So I think they're going to have to be one-dimensional. Saints win this game, and I want to hear the excuse. <laughs> oh, listen, yeah, the Saints could, potent, could potentially is- win this game. But listen, to me, the Saints are a better team than the Broncos without Von Miller. They're, they're a better football team than the Broncos without Von Miller. So if they win the game, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I, I, I would, I, you know, I might – Make I was I would say that the Titans lost to a decent team. That's what I would say would happen if the Saints win this game. Yeah, you know I this you know and this gauntlet the Titans have been on too has has been nuts. This, you know so if they go for I don't think it's been the Rams, the Bills, um, my Rams the Bills the last week, the Colts they be like they, this is you know they've been in a gauntlet here the last few weeks. So you know that they could go kind of five and zero here. So. Yeah, I, you know, probably the Saints of the last few teams that they so they yeah, the last few weeks they beat the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams. The Saints are probably the worst one of the moment. Probably the Chiefs are at, at the moment with the way they're playing. But um, the way you know, but the way the Titans have been playing, if they do, depends how they lose. Like if they come out and they don't show up, then yeah, I get an issue. But if they lose a tight one, something just didn't bounce their way, then. I don't know if I make too many excuses because of the last four weeks I've seen from the Titans, I've been very impressed by them. But um, for this game, I, I, you know, and I think the Titans do find a way to win this game. 
I just – with the Saints offense right now, they don't have much. Simeon or Hill, whoever plays quarterback, I don't think they do enough here against the Titans defense. No, no, not at all. We got an NFC matchup in Landover, Maryland, as the Buccaneers head up to Landover to face the Washington football team. And I think this game is a blowout. I think Brady's going to be ready after the bye week. I think Fournette's going to get a bunch of yards on the ground. I think Brady's going to throw, throw two or three touchdown passes. I think, you know, the Buccaneers are going to get pressure on Taylor Heineke and force a turnover. I think this game is a total blowout. I got the Bucs being the Washington football team, 34-13. But, Justin, can Taylor Heineke key keep up with Tom Brady, like he almost did in the playoffs last year, for Washington for the Washington football team to get their third win? I don't see it happening. I think Tom Brady in this one. I do one of my best bets. I have it 34-20. Um, Buccaneers win this game. I think they do whatever they want offensively. Brady, yeah, he's, you know, Brady coming off a loss with a bye. Um, he, he, you know, the Washington defense will be in, a long, in for a long day. They should be able to do anything offensively that they want. Um, Tim Heineke, I think, you know, we'll make some plays against a second year that is very poor. They're not going to be able to run the football. So, you know, it's going to be one-dimensional, and they're going to need to be one-dimensional offensively. I think they struggle. I think they do make some plays. They hit some big plays, but I don't think it's enough here to keep up with Tom Brady and the Washington football team. Or I mean, they, I don't think it's enough. Or they don't have enough. They they don't have enough in this game to keep up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, it, it's going to be a long day for Washington defense. We got the Jaguars heading to Indianapolis to face the Colts. We got an AFC matchup in Indianapolis, and I think in this game, I think the Colts control this game. They control it on the ground with uh, with Jonathan Taylor. I think he has a big game. Carson Wentz has a, has a really good game. Throws a couple of touchdown passes, and I do think Lawrence. For the, I think the Colts force a turnover from Trevor Lawrence. I think Lawrence makes a couple of plays, but not enough. And I got the Colts going to getting to five hundred, going to five and five beating the Jaguars 31 to 16. But Justin, can Trevor Lawrence have a big game to help the Jags win their second in a row? I don't think so. I get the Colts win this one 20 to 17. I'm like, their offense didn't do much at all last week against the Bills. They only scored nine points. So I don't think they're going to be able to do a lot offensively. Um, The Colts defensively, especially against a run, have been really good. I don't think the Colts, I mean, the Jaguars are going to have a lot of success running football this week. And I think, you know, the Colts forced a couple of turnovers, help out Carson Wentz. I think he plays well enough. Uh, you know, and you know, what Jaguars team shows up, I'm like, this is a Jaguars team that couldn't stop Geno Smith two weeks ago. So I think it depends what Jags team shows up. And I think it's the team that doesn't play well in this game. And I think they struggled to move the ball against the Colts. I know the Jets put up 30, 34 or, you know, 30 on them last week, but the Jets off of the last few weeks has been playing pretty well. So, you know, I, I really haven't seen this Jags offense so far kind of break out, and I don't think it will this week. We got the Lions heading to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers, and Lions at 0-8. Uh, I just don't see them competing in this game. I feel like Pittsburgh's going to get pressure on uh, Jared Goff. They're going to they're gonna make life difficult for him. I think Najee Harris is a big day on the ground. Big Ben throws a couple touchdown passes. This game is suited for Pittsburgh to win and win big. That's why I got the Steelers being the Lions 27-10. But, Justin, can Dan Campbell have his team ready after the bye week for them to get their first win? No, I don't see it happening. I got the Seals win this game 23-10. I don't think they have much success offensively. I know their offensive line played pretty well, but I, I think T.J. Watt gets another sack or two in this game. I don't think they're able to run the football at, at all in this game. I don't think they do much offensively. Um, then, you know, the Bears had some big plays against them last week. I just don't see the Lions having that big play threat out there that they can hit a big player to to kind of – get some points. I just don't see it happening. I think their defense could 
played okay. I'm like, they're going to play hard. They just don't have a lot of talent. I, I see Najee Harris having a big game on the ground, and I, I Big Ben um, – I, I agree with Xander there. I mean, the Lions, your roster is absolutely terrible. Yeah. I mean, them and the Texans, obviously, the two worst rosters in the league. And Jared Goff can't win a game without Sean McVay. Jared Goff can – he's never won a game without Sean McVay. That's just a crazy stat right there. I think he was 0-7 year one. He's 0-8 this year. He's 0-15 without Sean McVay. That's wow. a crazy stat. No, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's – poor Goff. Um, now he hasn't been able – he's not been great without him. And I'm like, you look – and I totally agree um, because – Really, their only win right now, I think they could get maybe Thanksgiving against the Bears, but the Bears off in the second half looked like they figured something out. Oh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields is starting to play. Bears, yeah. Bears, I know they have a tough schedule. They're going to be competitive in the second half of the year. I think they, I think they need a new coach, but they're, they're going to be competitive in the, in the second half of the year. And, and I got another cover from Xander. I need Swift to give me 15 to 20 in P, PFF and in and, and F, and F, and, uh, fantasy football. Is that a, is that a PPR league? Cause maybe he can get, you know, maybe get some catches, but yeah, I think it'd be hard yeah. for him to run, run the football against the Steelers defense. Steelers defense is really, really good. Yeah, it is. So I, yeah, I could see him getting some catches. I think they're going to have to start and do something like that to get any yardage. But yeah, um, I, I could see Swift getting, you know, that he's pretty much our main player. Then yeah, I could, I, I, I think he'll probably have a few catches. PPR, PPR, all right, PPR, maybe you have some catches. Maybe you, you got a chance. It's a PPR mm-hmm. league. Lions could be losing. They could be throwing the ball. He might get some receptions. I could I could see it happening. Yeah. No, I totally could, too. Um, I could, too. And then, yeah, I, I totally see the Lions, too, going over 17 because there's not many opportunities left. Maybe at Denver and maybe at Atlanta. That's that's about it. So. And, and I maybe say at home against Minnesota, especially if they yeah. somehow lose Dalvin Cook. I think at home against yeah. Minnesota is definitely an opportunity there. I definitely could if they could get enough stops. I just think the Viking may just control the time of possession in that game. Um, but I could – because, yeah, because didn't they – they played them tight the They played them tough. They lost, yeah, they, game, they lost on a game-winning field goal. They lost yes. 1917 on a game-winning field goal. Oh, yeah, they did. So, yeah, you know, may, maybe – okay, so that's a good one too. Maybe the Vikings at home then. But, yeah, there, there's not too many opportunities left for the, for the poor Lions to try to get a win. Oh, no, not not at all, not at all. But we got to move on to an, an AFC East matchup at the Meadowlands as the Bills, who had a terrible loss last week, faced, faced the Jets, who are who faced the Jets, who've had 10 days off to get ready for this game. But I do think the Bills win this game. I think it went convincingly. I think Josh Allen has a bounce back week and has a big game. And I do think that the Bills will get pressure on Mike White and force a couple turnovers from Mike White. That's why I got Buffalo winning. I got Buffalo winning this game 27-13 at, the Met, at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. But, Justin, can the Bills continue to struggle with another bad team and lose another and have another bad loss? I, I think they have to win this one. I got the Bills 27-17. The last three weeks, the Jets are giving up 43 points a game. That's terrible. That's yeah. terrible. Especially in the NFL. It's amazing that team has two wins for how bad this <laughs> roster is. It's Robert Sala is not the problem. I know they get off the bad starts, but Robert Sala is not the problem. This, this, this roster is – I mean, this is a bottom three roster in the league. Absolutely. I, it, what, year three for Joe Douglas? I, I think this is probably about it for him. Um, now, but he's only had two draft class because they fired um, uh, their old GM like after the draft. So he's only had two years of draft. Oh, Mc, uh, McCadden, that name? McCagnon. Mike yeah. yeah. Okay, that's, you know, so like, I don't know. But yeah, I think Joe Douglas' time running out very quickly. I, I think the Bills do. I just don't think the Jets are going to get many stops in this game. They, they have it the last few weeks. Um, for how bad the Bills have played, the, I think the Jets' defense is five times worse than that. So, again, if the Bills can't score more than, like, 24 points, it's a big issue. Um, 
Oh, Shazanna uh, says, wait a minute, just rank six against the pass, and the Bills don't run the ball well. If the Jets get an early lead, they could, but uh, even the Bills, even though how bad the Bills are running the ball, I could see them getting yards on the ground against this Jets defense. They've been Jets have been miserable against the run, you know, the last couple of weeks. They were miserable against the run against the Patriots, and they were miserable against the run against the against the Colts. So I could see I could see the Jets, you know. But yeah, Xander makes a decent a good yeah. point there where Quentin Williams could, could could get pressure. Quentin Williams could wreck this game if they somehow don't stop the run and the Jets get a lead. The problem is with, with the Bills' defense, I just can't see the Jets getting a lead in this game. I think the Jets are going to struggle in this game. Because you look at, you know, they had a big game against the Bengals. That was a completely unprepared Bengals team by, by a head coach that is not very good. And then the week after, the, the, the Colts were up 41 to 10 in the third quarter in that game. Yeah. And the Jets, a lot of that, a lot of those, a lot of those mm-hmm. yards were in garbage time. So I know Mike White had a big game, and I just don't see him doing it again. But a good point by Xander. If the Jets do get a lead, maybe it could be a close game. Maybe it could. I, I totally could see it. The way Bill offense, the Bills offense is playing, and then I kind of with the with Jason's comment here, you know, I heard before. And- now, Zach, because Zach Wilson, I heard, wants um, Mike LaFleur on the sidelines with him. So since Wilson's been out, he's been in the press box. So I don't know if it's just one of those things where LaFleur just sees the defense better in the play calling, because the play calling looks a whole lot better. And I heard, too, from I think it was Silas saying, Wilson's just not great at throwing the ball short right now. And it's been, the you know, so it's one of those things where I think it's kind of game planning and scheming right now. And – you know, I, I do think it's an issue with Wilson because if he can't hit a short pass, Elijah yeah, Moore's a good deep threat, but yeah, yeah. This I, league, if you can't hit short passes, you're in trouble. And and I, and I think the thing is, I think Zach Wilson right now is probably the worst of the rookie quarterbacks. Mac Jones has played pretty well. You've seen just growth from Justin Fields. You've seen Trevor Lawrence have have some moments. We haven't seen Trey Lance get on the field yet, but. I think Zach Wilson could potentially be a bust. I know the Jets probably made the right move getting rid of Sam Darnold because he's been he's been terrible the last couple of weeks, but. Zach Wilson may end up being a bust. They, this could be a big mistake where, you know, they could have drafted, you know, a Justin Fields. Like they could have taken a Justin Fields at that spot, you know. This could definitely be a mistake by the Jets. No, absolutely. It, it really starting to kind of look like it. I know it's very early and he's only played in a handful of games. But, yeah, like, you know, it, it's – he's he's like though, and I know, yeah, we haven't seen a few weeks, but we haven't seen, like, development from him yet. You know, I know that offensive line is not great either, but, again, like, you know, Mike White, Josh Johnson kind of had some success the last couple of weeks without him. Um, it could be, you know, before, you know, I want to see what happens if he goes out there when Zach gets back and LaFour's in the press box and see how it goes. Maybe we see a change, but like, yeah, if he can't hit short passes, he's in trouble because the Jets don't really have the offensive line where he, he can have three, four seconds to let his receivers run deep. They don't, they don't have that right now. So, yeah, I think right now the Jets could be in some trouble because Wilson – Right now, yeah, has not looked great. And, you know, he put up a lot of stats last year at BYU. But, like, is he like a Mitch Trubisky where Mitch Trubisky is finally in North Carolina? He put up a ton of just – he was like a one-year wonder, um, you know, type thing with Wilson. It's early still, but it's starting to kind of trend towards that direction right now. Unfortunately, the Jets, again, maybe, you know, did not find – did not pick the right guy here for their franchise quarterback. Yeah, it's looking that way so far. But we got to get to the four o'clock games, and we got the we're probably going to get Rod, well, Russell Wilson against uh, Aaron Rodgers 
in, in a big matchup in Green Bay. And Seahawks need this game to stay in the playoff race. Russell Wilson will be back this week against the Packers. But I do think the weather's not great in Green Bay, and I think that plays a factor in the game. So that's why I'm going to take the better quarterback, and, and that's why I'm going to take the Packers here. I feel like Aaron Rodgers, I know he's not going to be, he's not going to be with the team until Saturday, but he's on the phone talking on Matt LaFleur. He's probably talking to those receivers. He's, he's, he's getting ready. And I, and I have no doubt in my mind he's going to be ready to play this game and ready to win this game. That's why I got the Packers beating the Seahawks 27-20 Sunday afternoon in Green Bay. But can Wilson lead the Seahawks to an upset win at Lambda? It's going to be very difficult. I get the Packers win this game 20 to 20. You know, the Packers have been really good defensively. You know, they kept their team in it last week. They played really well against Arizona two weeks ago. They're top five in total defense. They're top they're they're ranked number seven against the pass. You know, I think they're ranked right around the uh, you know, they've been pretty good against a run too. And It'll be the first game to back for Russell Wilson as well, you know, in about a month. So we'll see how he feels. And, and like, he's going to have to make some plays with his legs, too, because I don't see the Seattle offensive line helping him out very much. And I don't think he's going to have a lot of time to throw the football, which I think is going to be problematic in this game as well for him. You know, I, I see the, the Packers getting a couple of sacks on him. You know, does he have time to be able to hit, like, a DK Metcalf or a Ty Lockett down the, down the field? I don't know if he's going to be able to in this game. And I think the Packers win this thing 20 to 20. I think the Seahawks keep it close, but I don't think there's any way or there's a way. I just need it to be very tough right now for the Seahawks to go in the Lambeau field and knock off Aaron Rodgers. You know, coming off a lot loss last week. I don't I don't I don't I don't see it happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. But we got an interconference matchup in Denver as the three and five Eagles face the five and four Broncos. And I think this is gonna be a close competitive game, but I hate to do this. I hate the Eagles, but I'm gonna go with the upside here. I think that the, the Eagles are fine. I found a little bit of an identity over the last couple of weeks running the football with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. I think they do that in this game. I think they force a turnover from Teddy. I think they get up early. They force a turnover from Teddy. They get pressure on Bridgewater. They force a turnover from Bridgewater. I'm thinking a close competitive game. And I got to pick an upset this week. I'm going to go with the Eagles to go into Denver and beat the Broncos 24 to 20. But Justin, the question is can the Broncos sweep the NFC East? I think it's possible. I get the Broncos win this game 21 to 16. You know, their defense um, looked a whole lot better last week, you know, without Von Miller. You know, they played real well. And as we mentioned, we we're talking Cowboys. You know, they were up 30 to nothing. And to shut down that team for, you know, three quarters is very, really, really impressive. Um, I, I think Tenney makes enough plays in this game to be able to win it. And I think their defense comes up with a big stop. I think they, you know, have some success against the Phillies deep or against the Eagles defense in this game. Um, I think it's kind of one of those, you know, especially against the run, the Eagles or the Eagles are 20th in the league right now, stopping the run. Uh, yeah, Chiefs she, are 3-0 she, against the NFC wow. so far. Oh, not a good sign for the Cowboys in week 11 right there, Xander. 3-0 no. <laughs> against the NFC so far. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. there. But, yeah. But, yeah, I think this is going to be a close competitive game. And this game can go either way. I'm just, I'm just going with the upset. I'm going with the Eagles. I, I could see it. The Eagles burned me last week, so I'm not very happy with them right now. But, um, yeah, I, I, I could see the – Eagles winning this game, um, just because, you know, Denver, you know, who knows? But I, I think this is one of the games where Teddy is plays well enough to just get him over the hump in this game. And I don't see the Eagles having much time offense. I, I see Jalen Hurts in this game kind of running for his life. I don't know how much time he's going to have in the pocket to throw the football. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But we got an NFC matchup in Arizona as the Panthers, who are going to be without Sam Darnold, face the Cardinals. And if 
Uh, if Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins play, I think this is going to be a blowout. I think they're going to completely blow out the Panthers. The PJ Walker starting. PJ Walker is, is Sam Darnold hasn't been good. This is a downgrade. CJ PJ Walker is a downgrade. I think he really struggles, turns the ball over a couple of times. I think the Cardinals are able to have success have success on the ground with James Conner. I think that uh, I think that Kyler Murray, if he plays, and DeAndre Hopkins has a big game. I think this is a blowout. I'm going. 30 to 13 Cardinals over the Panthers. And I can't believe Matt Rule's comments after the game on Sunday, calling out Sam Darnold after he pretty much played the game with, 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 a, with a bad shoulder. And now he's going to be out for several weeks. I can't believe Matt Rule made those comments. And I honestly, I think he should be fired. Yeah, those weren't the brightest. I'm surprised that they kind of didn't know something or he didn't know at the time, that, you know, he wasn't great. He hasn't been great at the Patriots in his career, but yeah, that's a bad look for a coach to kind of say that. Like, well, you know, it's not a good look. Um, I I don't know if he should be fired. I, it definitely should be fined or, you know, and like if he, for something. Yeah, no tell Xander, he said that Sam Darnold's got to stop making those mistakes. Well, you put the guy on the field when he wasn't 100%. You should take ownership for that. That's my problem. Yeah, Sam Darnold made some stupid mistakes, but you put that – and I know I've been a Sam Darnold defender for a while, but you can't – you put that guy in the field when he was a game-time decision. You're the coach that put him on the field. you got to take accountability for that. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, is it's a 50% Sam Darnold better than – or is P.J. Walker better than a 50% Sam Darnold? I, I don't think P.J. Walker's good, but I think he's better than a 50% Sam Darnold, to be honest. That shows you Sam Darnold's not that good. But, still, yeah. yeah, but still – you put Sam Darnold in a position not to succeed, and now he's out for weeks. So I know it Sam Darnold didn't play well at all, but you can't make those comments after the game if you want to be a successful NFL head coach. No, you can't. Cause, yeah, players will turn on you very quickly. That's not, you know, I'm like, it's one thing to try to motivate college guys by saying stuff like that. Not when they're injured, but, they, you know, any professional, they'll, they'll kind of, you know, they'll turn their back on you very quickly. So, yeah, I don't think it's a very good look. Um for the game, I guess the Panthers too just signed Matt Barkley, so I is Matt Barkley better than you know Sam Darnold or PJ Walker who knows, but I got the Cardinal twenty to thirteen. They should do whatever they want in this game. Cole McCoy threw for what, three hundred, four hundred yards last week against the Niners on the road. So you know, this offense should be able to do whatever they want in this game. Twenty to thirteen, I got the Cardinals win this game. We got a interconference matchup at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles as the Vikings head to L.A. to face the Chargers. And there's a very good chance, obviously, with the story coming out that they're not going to have Dalvin Cook in this game. And if this ends up being true, he should be out of the league. Get him out of the league. He should never play in the NFL again if this story winds up being true. We don't even know any of the facts yet, so we're not going to speculate. But if this story winds up being true, get him out of the league. You know, there's no place in the league for that. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, there's no facts. There's no really nothing yet. Pretty breaking news kind of story. So, yeah, again, yeah, I'm not going to speculate, but yeah, if it's if these things are true and these allegations, you know, are, are true, yeah, yeah, he should never play another NFL game in his career. Um, you know, I, that's kind of all I have to say. Definitely should not be back on the field if it is true. But um, you know, in the game, I got Minnesota win this game, 27-24. Um, I, I like Cousins. I think he plays well. You know, I know the Chargers have been pretty good against the pass, but I, I think Cook or Madison are able to run the ball in this game. Um, you know, and I think they just have a big game on the ground. I think they keep Justin Herbert off the field long enough in this game. And I think they get pressure on Herbert because you kind of seen when Herbert's under pressure, that's kind of been his one weakness so far in the NFL is he has not been great under pressure. And I think the Vikings are able to do that to him Sunday afternoon. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I, I think this is a close competitive game. I think if, if Cook doesn't play, Madison's going to have a big week because the Chargers have been terrible against the run. But I think this game is close. I think it's tied 27-27 in, 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 in the uh, – and in the uh, in, in in the uh, in in the fourth quarter, and I do think that uh, that that uh, that Justin Herbert makes a huge huge play in in the game, and I think that the Chargers win it thirty to twenty seven. And uh, Sandra just said, you guys know what the police report is. I, I didn't I didn't, I didn't see that. It. It's out. So they say Cook will be fine. We'll see. We can't. We're not going to speculate. It's an ongoing investigation. We're not going to discuss that. All we got to all we got to know is is what we know at this point, and we we're not going to speculate on the situation right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I've not read that. I will have to read it when we're wrapped up here today with our show. So you have to read it. But yeah, who knows? Um, you know, um, but yeah, I don't really want to speculate yet. Now, yeah, um, on you know, if anything's true or not so far, I think it's kind of for me. I for me, I just haven't read it yet, so it's I can't really tell or say if you know you know what's going on with the with that story right now. Yeah, yeah, hey, absolutely. So we're going to move on to an AFC West matchup in Las Vegas as the Raiders face the Chiefs. And I think this is going to be a really close competitive game. But I think that the Chiefs are not – I think the Raiders are going to do like every team has done, play their safeties deep, uh, give the give the Chiefs the running game. I do think the Chiefs move the ball, but I don't – I think the Raiders tighten up when they get in there. They they get a touchdown. They get touchdown. They get they kick field goals while the Raiders get touchdowns. I feel like the Raiders, Josh Jacobs will have a good game, and, De- and Josh Jacobs and uh, Ken and Drake will have a good game on the ground. And I got the Raiders winning this game. I got the Raiders going to 6-3. and three. They bounced back from last week. I got them winning this game. I got them beating the Chiefs 28-20, to 20, but Justin can – can – the Chiefs offense get back on track for them to get their third straight win. I think they score some points, but I don't think it's enough here to stop Vegas. And I get the Raiders win this game 27 to 23. Um, I think I think the Chiefs do have, you know, with Darren Williams, I think they do get a running game going. Um, I like us Bradley as a defense coordinator with the Raiders. So, yeah, I think they kind of – it's a copycat league. So, I think they do, every, you know, the same thing every every other team has done against the Chiefs this year with the two deep safeties. You know, we'll see if the Chiefs kind of take what they, you know, take what the defense gives them. They really haven't so far this year. But, um, you know, I just don't know how the Chiefs slow down the Raiders in this game. They should have won twice. You know, I think it's when we're talking about the best bets. The Raiders should have won this game twice last year. Uh, you know, and I, I think they, they win this one as well. I just, I can't, you know, I can't see the Chiefs kind of, I see the Chiefs scoring points. I just, again, they scored 13 points last week. They weren't great against the Giants. They weren't great last week. Like, I don't. You know, I can't see them doing a miraculous kind of change over, you know, over a week. I just don't think it's happening right now. So I got to take the Raiders at home. Final game of week uh, week week ten as the uh, Rams travel to Santa Clara to face up to Santa Clara to face the uh, and uh, we got count from Xander. Raiders just lost. Arnett. Uh, Arnett. Arnett has really struggled. Yeah, Arnett's really. Yeah, I mean that's not that huge of a loss. Raiders just lost their top corner, so I don't know if they can stop. The Kansas City offense just hasn't been. Yeah. I mean, they just haven't been explosive. I think something's wrong with Mahomes. I think he might be hurt. I think something's wrong with Mahomes. I just think this Kansas City offense just hasn't been explosive. They just don't look the same. No. Well, I was looking at Dan Olaski. He said his mechan- he's got the worst mechanics he's ever seen from a starting quarterback, which he does play like he's like playing shortstop in baseball. With like some of the throws he makes, like, it does, you know, like he doesn't look like, yeah, like his mechanics are great. I don't know if that's part of the issue and it's just starting to catch up to him, but. 
it's a copycat league. And I think teams have kind of figured them out. I don't know. I, I have heard somebody say too, like, yeah, it could be that tur- tur- turf toe he's not recovered from. Who knows? I yeah, think it just- is. I think it's the turf toe he hasn't recovered from. I really do. I think his play has really been affected. I've seen him under pressure. He made that great play under pressure last week when the game was on the line. But I've seen him at times just not the same quarterback under pressure. So I do think the turf toe is still bothering him. No, you could have a point there. You, you, you definitely could, yeah, because he, he really hasn't. He's kind of struggled. And I, I think I've said this too. Like, he, he, you know, he had 20 dropped interceptions last year. Like, you know, he got lucky a lot last year. And I do wonder if that luck to a point is kind of starting to flip a little bit with some of these picks. I still think he leads the league in interceptions, which is crazy. Um, but, yeah, I, I could totally see the turf toe being that that issue still because, you know, really since the Super Bowl, they have not done – anything besides the one game really against the Browns that week one, but they, they didn't look good that first half. They look great in the second half with really since then, they, they haven't done anything offensively much. I mean, they had a couple of good games. They had that really good game against the Eagles. They put up yeah. 35 against the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, the offense was good in the beginning. Of the season. It's just been recently. The offense has just not been that good at all. No. Yeah. They've hit it. Yeah. Actually. Cause I forgot the Eagle game. Cause it's like when they, when the big shots are there, like that Washington game just felt like they just hit a big play. It's like, if they could hit the big plays, they seem fine. But if they can't, like they have the left foots in there, they're in trouble. They just – they don't take what the defense gives them, you know, and give them the five, six yards that they want, you know. But they really haven't. They've been trying to make the big plays, and it just hasn't been there. It's not working out for them. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that's part of the issue as well because you know, the big ball – the big play is not there for them. They, they haven't been able to really sustain a lot of drives and have success – you know, consistently offensively this year. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But we got obviously we'll get back to the last game: the Rams traveling to traveling up to Santa Clara to face the Niners. And I think they bounce back this week. The Rams. I think they get the running game going with Dontrell Henderson and Sony Michelle. I think Stafford has a bounce back game because the Niners' defense really struggled. It's gotten worse. It's gotten. It's definitely gotten worse since that Super Bowl. The Niners' defense it's still decent, but it's not. It's not anywhere near what it was that year when they got to the Super Bowl. I think that the, the with McGlinchey out, I think the Rams get pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a bold statement. This is going to be the last game Garoppolo plays for the Niners because I think after this game they're going to they're going to move on they're going to play they're going to move on to Trey Lance I feel like Trey Lance is going to be the starter after this game I feel like this will be the last game that Jimmy Garoppolo plays as a Niners starting quarterback I feel like they go to Trey Lance that's why I get the Rams beating the Niners twenty seven seventeen but Justin can the Niners bounce back this week and beat their division rival for the fifth straight time I can't see it twenty four seventeen that's uh, that's um yeah actually Jace's yeah, they've lost twelve out of their thirteen at home. Yeah, they have That's not crazy. been good. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, two of those games they played in Arizona. They played Arizona, Arizona last year, but still, yeah, they've lost yeah. a bunch of home games. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like eight straight. It's like 12 out 13, eight straight. But yeah, they, they've been horrible at home. They haven't won since October 19th of 2020, I think. So I think it was against the Rams with that Sunday night game against yeah. the Rams. Yeah, it was. So, yeah. So <laughs> maybe that maybe the Rams do the trick here for them. But yeah, I think it's interesting about Garoppolo. I, I could definitely see because they're they're pretty much out of the playoff. I get mathematically they're not out of the playoff contention, but you know they pretty much would be. So I, that, you know, um, I, I could totally see it. Try to see what you got in Trey Lance, and you know, move on to the future. I, I could totally see it um, moving to Trey Lance next weekend. But yeah, I, I got in this game the nine, or I mean the Rams twenty four seventeen. I just I just can't. I thought Jimmy I thought Jimmy G played well last week. 
you know, I think he was all right. You know, but he's he a quarterback that he needs the roster to be good around him. Just like in 2019, he needed a really good defense. You know, he needed, he needed you know, he had, a, he had Emmanuel Sanders as a number two. He's never, they've never really replaced that. The problem with the Niners is they haven't replaced DeForest Buckner. They haven't faced, replaced Emmanuel Sanders. They haven't replaced Richard Sherman. They just have never replaced those players, those pieces. And that's why the Niners are the team that they are. Garoppolo needs those pieces around him to have success, and he doesn't. And that's why he's not having success. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, absolutely they haven't because I'm like since Sherman's been gone, like what they have one interception this year. They had what like two or three last year. Like their secondary has not been able to force any interceptions. They've only had five takeaways this year. Like yeah, their defense just has not been the same. You know, that's actually a good point because I was thinking more like you know I, my my thought too was like is it just still just like a Super Bowl hangover from two years ago you, that's no excuse that's no excuse I yeah, know no. the team that loses the Super Bowl we see this with the Chiefs this year the Niners last year we and the Rams the year before we see the team that loses the Super Bowl outside of the Patriots we see mm-hmm. the team that, even in that year too the Patriots weren't great in the regular season but mm-hmm. yes a lot of times the team that loses the Super Bowl isn't as great the next year it's, it's an emotional loss it's tough to emotionally come back from that I understand it but this is your this is the second year now they're, they're, it's fair to question their program right now no, absolutely. You know, I know two years, it's very rare still to have that Super Bowl hangover. But yeah, it's just like they haven't, they've kind of just stalled out. And it's kind of, and I know injuries last year were a huge factor. I know it's played a little part of it this year. I, it hasn't been as many, but yeah, uh, you know, it just, yeah, they haven't, you know, as you mentioned, they haven't been able to replace those pieces. You know, two years, you know, it, it has been two years, but it just hasn't like, it just, I don't know. I don't know what's, it just hasn't, you know, they, they just haven't played well at all. And you know, Jimmy G needs a lot around them, and they just don't have that right now. They, you know, that defense two years ago was, you know, tremendous. And it was, you know, what they gave up, what, like less than 20 points a game, somewhere around there. Like they, that, that defense was phenomenal, and they were able to kind of manage the game. And, and they're not able to do that. You know, Cole McCoy looked like his Texas Day Sunday because he, he did anything he wanted that, that, that defense. And that, that was stunning last, last week. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare when you see Colt McCoy have a game like that. And yeah. that just shows you that the Niners are in trouble. But yeah. we'll wrap up our NFL talk. But this, the college football playoff committee, they just can't get it right. Before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement that you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. College football season is coming back, and we got you covered on every game. We're breaking it down on each snap all season long. Catch us every week starting on August 4th. Joe McGuire, Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and yours truly, Obi Muniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at hhwshow.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all four downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. 
That is all for downs. Join them every Thursday and after the college football uh, rankings every Tuesday. Jace, Sean, Jace, Sean, Ovi, and Joe, they'll be breaking down, you know, college football. But, but I mean, last night we had the second installment of the, of the college football uh, playoff rankings, and you thought this would be the week the committee would get it right. Watching this, you thought, you know, Texas A&M at 11. Now, I'm going to go from 11 on because after that, everybody past 11 doesn't have a chance. So, Texas A&M at 11. I get it. Going from 14 to 11, they, they, they beat Auburn last week. Makes sense. Oklahoma State at 10. They went from 11 to 10. Makes sense. You know, they, they got they, they to they win last week. Notre Dame getting to nine. Makes sense. They beat Navy last week. Oklahoma, eight. Didn't play. Make I mean, I don't love the fact Oklahoma's there, but it showed consistency. It made sense. Uh, and then, then, then they show – Then I, know, I knew when it was weird when they usually show the top six and they showed seven. And that's when I knew it was really, really weird because obviously Georgia being number one, that's obvious. Alabama being number two. Oregon being number three made sense. You know, put, they were number four the week before. They put them over Ohio State because Michigan State lost. Ohio State being number four made sense. Cincinnati, even though I don't like Cincinnati being at five, I think they should be eight for the way they played, you know, made sense. But then where they lost me was with the Michigan State, Michigan State, the Michigan, Michigan State thing. How the heck is Michigan State – uh, behind Michigan after they beat them. And last week you had them last week. You had them ahead, ahead of them. They, uh, you have Oregon over Ohio state because they beat them on the field. Now you have Michigan over Michigan state. The committee makes no sense. They make no sense. And it's laughable. It is dad. dad did you hear Gary Barta's, um excuse to that? What was the excuse? Michigan's more a complete team. Then why did you just say that the week before? I have no idea. That that's that's the committee for you. Um, that, that that's that's a committee. I see Xander Khan. People are crying saying since he should be number two. Oh no yeah, way! I, no way! I, I would have honestly. I, have I'd have, I don't mind the committee having them at five, but I, I would have them at eight. The way since he's played, I would have them at eight. I'd have but, I'd have them behind Michigan and Michigan State. They play in the American Conference, dude. Come on now. Alabama struggled at LSU. Oregon struggled yet again. Yeah, but LSU's an SEC team. So LSU is not very good this year. I, yeah, but, but but it was Cincinnati struggling to last last week they struggled against Tulsa. They were like three and five. It, and they lost a lot of pieces from last year. Tulsa's even still pretty good offensively. They're not great. You know, Ohio State struggled to beat Ohio State should have lost Nebraska. San Frost is just poor poor Nebraska. You know, like everybody struggled from two to five. So I you know, I I'm okay with kind of that you couldn't really move anything around, but going back to Michigan, Michigan State, I know now again, Michigan probably should have beat Michigan State. Like, you know, they had that game in the bag, um, but yeah, like, how are they? How do you how do you now move Michigan State back behind Michigan? I I just don't get. It. I think that's setting up. They're trying to set up. This is my this is my reasoning. They're trying to set up the Ohio State to pass Oregon. So they do it a little small this week to kind of blend it in. Now they say, okay, next week, Ohio State looks good and Oregon struggles against Washington State. Ohio State's going to be number three. I think, I, I think strength of schedule should, should obviously matter because, uh, you know, you, you, uh, how are you rewarding a Cincinnati team that plays in a much worse conference than, a, you know, a Michigan, than any team in the Big Ten or in the SEC? Strength of schedule should definitely matter. It should to an extent now because it's not Cincinnati's fault they play an American. But that means now because you – because 
Cincinnati did their due diligence. They went out, they scheduled Notre Dame. They won on the road by 10. It's not their fault that Indiana took this much stuff back. They tried to go out and schedule. They did what they had to do. You know, they again, they showed most of that game. But let's but they be more impressive against some of these American Conference opponents. And I agree. They have not been. They have not been. And I totally agree with you. Cincinnati, I mean, SMU losing now that two losses, they have them next week. Um, this is no, no, uh, no, 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 no. In our chats, should say during the feed, you should have a chance no matter what. No, I don't. Uh, I, don't I, I, I don't. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I'm sorry. I don't buy that. If, you, if you're in a weaker, I know it's not your fault what the schedule is, but if you're in a weaker conference and you could see, you know, with your own two eyes, that's a better team. That's a better football team. If you could see with your own, if you could, if you could see with your own two eyes that Michigan's a better team or Oklahoma's a better, or Michigan's a better team in Cincinnati, you put Michigan in. I'm sorry. I don't think that it should matter. If you're undefeated and you play, and, and, and I think you play in a weaker conference and you're undefeated, sorry, that's your that's your problem. Try to join another conference. I'm sorry. I get. I think now because uh, I know you don't you don't like these smaller. I know you're one of the yes. power five guys. I'm a power five guy, yeah, and you're a small yeah. conference guy. Yes, uh, yes, I, I love my you know group of five guys, um, yes. mid majors, but they should have a chance now. They have to stomp on South Florida. South Florida stinks. They are one of the worst teams in the country. Friday, it's Friday night. It's national TV. You better blow them out. Then you have SMU. You, you know, now, so I think some of the issues is I think Sonny Dykes is on his way out, and I think you know some of the players kind of realize that. Um, but it, they have to blow at SMU. Now the other thing is too, like how is Houston still not in the top twenty-five? Like. Everything points to them trying to keep out Cincinnati by not ranking Houston. Now, SMU, I thought last week should have been um, ranked, but again, oh, they, there's, there's again. no, there's, there's, there's no way Alabama should be, shouldn't be top four in the rankings. Come on now, dude. Come on. They lost the, I lost the game at Texas A&M. You look at the way Texas A&M is playing right now. Come on. There's there, Alabama right now should, should definitely be the number. In my opinion, should be the number two team. I'm sorry. They should be the number two team. They lost the game by three. They lost to a good team by three points. Right. I know it's not the same Alabama, but they're still a really good team. Right now, I, I think they are – right now, I the way Oregon Ohio State playing, I think you have to put them at two. I thought last week, okay, can Michigan State took care of business. They should have probably put Michigan State two, but they put Alabama there. But Alabama has not been good uh, the last few weeks. Again, I, I think there's I mean, a lot of They're playing in the toughest conference in, 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 in college football. They're, they're playing – Really good teams. I mean, LSU has talent. They're not. Yeah, they're four and five, but they're not terrible. I mean, they're not, it's not like they're, play, they're going out there playing Tulsa and they had, they had nine rushing yards against a defense gotcha. that's given up two hundred right, and thirty. All right, all right. I'll, give you that one. I'll give you that. One. I'll give you that. One. That was stunning. They couldn't. They couldn't move the ball against the LSU on the ground last week. That you know, yeah, they beat Mississippi State by forty, but again, with Alabama's talent, they they should be able to slow down that um that air raid offense. I'm like, Tennessee was only on a touchdown 10 minutes ago in that game. You know, A&M, they really struggled. Ole Miss, I thought, should have kept it closer. Lane Kiffin just absolutely just did everything in his power to make sure that game was going to be a blowout. Um, so, yeah, right now Alabama should be number two. I don't think they're beating Georgia, and I don't think it's a dead – I don't think it's – I'm not – I oh, they, 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 they don't beat Georgia. They're out. So that, oh, they're yeah. definitely out if they don't beat they don't beat Georgia. I think Oregon is probably going to go because I th- I think personally I think they're going to win the Pac-12. It's going to be really up. So I think Oregon and Georgia are going to get in regardless. Say, say, say Georgia beats Alabama, they're going to be the number one seed. Oregon, they, I think they sh- they should get in. I think either Ohio State, Michigan, or Michigan State uh, sh- should get in. 
But the thing which is weird is is that say 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 that uh say that Michigan State beats uh beats Ohio State and they knock Ohio State out. And then Michigan still stays ahead of Michigan State for some reason because they're the uh because because they're the uh they're they're the number uh they're, they're, they're one spot ahead. So say say they still stay ahead of them without even playing and Michigan wins the Big Ten. Then when they do the final rankings, they they put Georgia, they some for some reason, if Cincinnati goes undefeated, they put Cincinnati and Michigan in. I think that's why I have a real problem with Michigan State being below Michigan because there is a chance that if Cincinnati wins all their games and Michigan State beats Ohio State, there is a chance and Michigan wins out and stays ahead of Michigan State, there is a chance that you know it could end up being Georgia, Oregon, Cincinnati, and uh, and uh, and Michigan. It could be very possible. Um... You know, it could, and that that would be a problem because, yeah, I could mention say has a head to head again. Like I don't, they change it every week. Like they change the criteria every There's week. No consistency that, like, with no. this committee. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, I don't like, you know, that that's why I can't stand it. I just rather go back to BCS formula. Um, you know, because yeah, like again, it would make you know, like I think. Because I'm like, if Oregon does get jumped by Ohio State here, doesn't like, why would I want, like, why am I, like, if I'm a big team, power five team, why would I want to schedule an Alabama? Why would I want to schedule a Georgia? They're just going to pass me anyways. Like, I'm just going to get passed by one of these teams if I beat them or not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. like, yeah. why do you skip, why would I schedule these games? So, yeah, you know, I, you know. Oh, head 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 to head should really matter, and it seems like so because I know you you know Purdue jumps all the way to nineteen. Yeah, it was a great one against Michigan State, but to nineteenth they have three losses here. Uh, I again, there's no consistency ever. So yeah, now yeah. head to head matters in the back of the poll, but right in the middle, no. Mission mission's more complete, so we're gonna jump them. Yeah, so yeah, it's like head to head. It's happened with Penn State five years ago. Head to head, you know. Mm-hmm. They they say head to head matters, but it did it did it, it didn't matter because Penn State beat Ohio State. That didn't matter. They won the conference. Penn State that didn't end up mattering because Ohio State st- still got in. The only thing and I'll give the committee credit for this: they've never had a two loss team in the college football playoff. It's the only thing they've been consistent with since the since they, since the inception. No, they they have, and I thought maybe this year they would happen if Alabama loses a tight game to Georgia, but I don't see that happening now. But then the other case, you would, it's because they can't drop Alabama four. They'd have to sit at three. So I don't even know if that would have been possible. But I thought this year would have been the year. Now, the thing in the Big Ten is, you know, that clump of Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, they all somehow get the two losses. And one of those three, you know, whoever one of those three wins it, I could see maybe getting the four, but I'm not too positive. But yeah, they've been consistent on that, but that's really about it. Like, again, like, if you're an AD or a coach, I don't know how to – you're one of those teams. I don't know how to, like, schedule games because it's like you don't know what the committee's going to be looking for week in and week out. It's like you can't really schedule these games or poor Cincinnati try. And, again, people are punishing them for playing 2-78. It's like it's not their fault. You want them to go play on the road and play somebody good. They did. Or well, you wanted to go play in a Power 5 team. They did. But no, because they're they're having their problems right now. It, it doesn't really count now. Like, I don't get it. Just go yeah. back to BCS formula, please. Yeah, exactly. And and if I if I was doing the top eleven teams right now, I'd obviously have Georgia one, Alabama two, 
I'd have Ohio State three, Oklahoma, Oklahoma four. Uh, uh, I would have uh, Oregon five, uh, Michigan. uh, I'd have a Michigan State six, and uh, Michigan uh, uh, Michigan seven, and Cincinnati eight. Yes, I am taking Oregon. I I am going against the head-to-head there, but. I think you know. I think that Ohio State is is a is is is, is clearly a. I think at this point, Ohio State's a better team than Oregon by, by the eye test. But I would, but I would have been consistent from the start having 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 that team ahead. I wouldn't do what the committee did this week and just put Michigan ahead of Michigan State. Yeah. I, again, I it is weird. I don't understand why they do it. Like I, I you know, because it, I again I don't even really know why they do like. I don't get it. Like they're more the complete team, but they just lost to them. And I know Michigan State lost to Purdue, but Purdue's now ranked. So now, you know, Purdue's not really a bad loss now. So I, I know I just it's just it's so weird, and I don't get it why they're gonna do it. Just do it now because I'm not gonna be happy when they jump when Ohio State jumps Oregon next week. Like I, I'm I'm just not because not really gonna schedule those games. But my my top. Um, 11 or you know top 11 right now I got Georgia I still have Alabama 2 oh, um, Oregon 3 Ohio State 4 5 Cincinnati 6 Michigan State um, 7 Michigan or actually hold on I, I mean 5 Cincinnati 6 Oklahoma 7 Michigan State um, 8 Michigan yeah 8 Michigan 9 Oregon 10 Oklahoma State and 11 Texas A&M Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So it'll be interesting to see what the committee does next week. But we got to get to the games, and there's a big game in, in uh, Happy Valley uh, at noon as a uh, Michigan heads to Happy Valley to face Penn State. And I think Penn State, I think they ruined Michigan's season. I think they do. I think you've been talking about this for weeks. How Penn State could ruin Michigan's season? I'm starting to buy in. I think Penn State has played well outside of the Illinois loss. They played better the last couple of weeks. I think their defense, you know, contains the run. It's gonna be the key. If they can contain Michigan's running game with with if they can contain us on Haskins in the running game, we don't know if Cade McNamara is going to play. If McCaffrey has to play, it, that definitely is bad news for Michigan. Either they contain this running game, and I do think that they make enough plays on offense. I think I'm going to take the team with the better passing game. I'm going Penn State close. I'm going Penn State 24-17 over Michigan. Justin, it's it, it, right now the line is even. Do you think Penn State? If you think Michigan can, continues their quest towards the college football playoff? I'm going to take the Nanny Lions. I'm very, you know, hesitant. But I think Penn State in this game, I think their defense, I, their defense have been bent but don't break. And you saw in that game, Michigan versus Michigan State, again, Michigan killed itself because they could not convert in the red zone. They got a ton of field goals. I think they hold Michigan to a couple of field goals in this game. Blake Horn, the uh, Michigan, you know, second backup running back, but he's been kind of that dual guy with um, Haskins as well. He left the game in the first quarter with a foot injury. His kind of status is unknown right now. Um, the one worry I have for the Nittany Lions of this game offensively is they can't run the football. Michigan State's been really stout. And Hutchinson, could, if they get Michigan State, Michigan gets a lead, Hutchinson's gonna could have a really big day. No, absolutely. I think he could as well. Um, I, he'd be, he could be a game wrecker in that one and, and kind of – the Lions offensive line has not been horrible. They cannot open up any running lane for whatever reason. And I don't think Noah Kane's right. I don't know what's going on with him, but I don't think he's right right now. Um, and then Michigan, too, they have not a lot of passing touchdowns since October 9th. Like, they've been great. Like, that's what worries me. Like, I think Penn State's going to have to you – know, Noah Kane's going to have to kind of get going on the ground a little bit. And I don't know if they can. But I just I – just, I said a few weeks ago, I can't throw Jim Harbaugh in a big game. I know Penn State's not ranked, but – you know, I, I still can't trust them going to have Valley win this game. 
I think Penn State's a little bit better if they show up and play. I, I think they win this game. I just don't trust Michigan's offense to score in the red, convert in the red zone, and I'll, I'll I'll take Penn State at home. I think they get it done. Big game in Waco as Oklahoma number eight Oklahoma goes to number thirteen Baylor. I think it's a close competitive game, but at the end of the day, I got Caleb Williams winning another for Oklahoma and keeping them undefeated. But can Baylor pull the upset with game day being there? Can Baylor pull the upset at Waco? Yeah, um, I got OU thirty five twenty seven. I see. Sanders comment, Tarbus coach for his career. They even extension last year, so I don't think he's going anywhere yet. No, I think Michigan's just I think that the Michigan's just a program that's just content being a second tier program. Even if they lose mm-hmm. again to Ohio State, they're gonna keep Jim Harbaugh because Harbaugh, yes, he's not a great co- college coach, but he's a good college coach. Yeah, he's good enough for them. I don't, you know, for whatever reason, they don't want to try to compete with the Ohio States anymore. It's the same thing with Nebraska, why they're keeping Scott Frost. They're okay being a mediocre program right now. And it, it's sad to see some of these programs kind of just forfeit like that, kind of just being okay. So I, I don't like it. I think Michigan State should try to go and get like a loop fickle, but I, I you know, that's, I have, you know, Michigan's plans right now. But um, so I think Jim Harbaugh is safe, maybe another year or two. I think maybe he could be back in the hot seat, but right now I, I think he's okay right now. Um, but back to the OU Baylor game, I think Caleb Williams does what he wants. Chandler Morris last week, you know, did whatever he wants and whatever he wanted in his first start against Baylor. Um, Gary Bohem had five interceptions the last three games. He's not been great. And Baylor's been averaging 70 yards a carry when they don't play Oklahoma State or Iowa State this season. Oklahoma's been pretty good against a run, so I think they're going to have a hard time getting the ground game going. But I, So I got OU win this game close, 35-27. I think Baylor will keep it interesting. Georgia heads to Tennessee this weekend. I know Hayden Hooker's played well, but – He's not seen a defense like this, and I think Georgia's going to win this game by two scores. I think they're going to control the ball like they've done all year. Control, control the, control the ground game. Play great defense. That's why I got Georgia going to ten and zero, beating Tennessee. Is there any chance Tennessee could pull an upset uh, at Neyland Stadium this week? I don't think it will happen, but this is what I'm very interesting in watching in this game. Tennessee could stretch the Georgia secondary with big plays, and Georgia's weakness is the depth in that secondary. Now, I don't know if Tennessee's going to have any time to throw the football, but if he get, if Hayden Hooker gets three or four seconds, it'll be very interesting. I'm like, they hit some big plays against Bama. Their offense only had the ball for 12 minutes last week, and they and they put up 45 or 48 points. Like, you know, I think they have like five or six plays already that's that they've scored um, from like 70 yards or longer. Like, that's what I'm interested in watching this game. I don't think Tennessee's going to be able to – you know, do much, but like I, I think it's a problem where if they're not completing passes and they play so fast that their defense is going to be worn down. Their defense was on the field for 48 minutes last week. They their defense was out there for 90 plays. Now you're playing a Georgia team that just wants to run the football against you too. Like I, I think defense going to wear down very very quickly in this game. I think Tennessee could hit a few big plays, probably not many. I had Georgia win this game 37-14, but it'll be very interesting because this is kind of a much different test than Georgia's ever kind of played. But Tennessee likes to run the football as well, and I don't think they're able to do that in this game. We got a Big Ten matchup in Columbus as Purdue, who has upset two top five teams already this year. And then they were ranked yesterday. They were ranked – they were ranked – the committee ranked them number 19. I, I don't totally agree with that, but the committee ranked them number 19. And uh, they face Ohio State. But in this game, I feel like Ohio State is going to find – because you saw – David Bell had two huge games against Iowa and Michigan State, and I, for, for, and I don't really get why he had those big games because they really teams should be trying to limit his production. I feel like Ohio State's going to limit his production. 
their their defense got a pretty good game. I think offensively they're going to score, you know, at least over 30 points. And I think they win this game by two scores. And and I got Ohio State beating Purdue and going to uh, nine and one in the season. But Justin, can Purdue beat another top five team? It's gonna be a tough one. They've done it before. They've knocked off the Buckeyes. I don't see it this time happening. I remember 30. that game. Yeah. Yeah, that was a they they smacked them around. That was what like fifty? Did they put a fifty on them? Fifty-five. I think so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Like fifty-five. That was Dwayne Haskins here. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 smoked them. That was bad. But uh, this is. I don't think they're gonna. They will do that this time. I got Ohio State win this game, thirty-eight to twenty-one. Very possibly could be a trap game. You know, Ohio State that Michigan State, Michigan the last two weeks. It could be looking ahead to them, maybe, you know. But, yeah, they got to – I don't know why nobody really tried to double-team David Bell. Um, and, yeah, the two wins – the two big wins that they have this year, he's gone for over 200. Um, Ohio State secondary is not great. I think they're starting to – they're starting to play a little bit better than, as the season's gone on. I think he can make a couple big plays. Aiden O'Connor, I think – Going to be able to put up some points at the secondary. They just they're just one they're just one dimensional, and I don't think that's going to work for sixty minutes against the Buckeyes. Um, you know, because I think you got to run the ball to beat these guys, like Oregon did. But I, I think their offense kind of gets going. Their offense looks better this week, and I think the Buckeyes win this game, thirty to twenty-one. Stay in the Big Ten. We got Maryland and Michigan State, and I think Michigan State bounces back, wins this game big. I feel like Kenneth Walker's going to have a big game. And I think Thorne's going to have a good passing day, too. I think Tua's brother is going to have some trouble against his Michigan State defense. I got Michigan State winning by two scores. Can Tua's brother somehow, you know, knock Michigan State out of the college football playoff race? I think they keep it close. I got Michigan State winning this game 41 um, 28. You know, Talia, tell you about Lola. Um, I think he's gonna make some big plays. They mentioned State secondary stinks. Um, and then like Jarrett can make a couple big plays. Um, Maryland's top wide receiver. I think you know he. Can, I, I think to lead, if he's got some time, I think he makes a couple of big plays. Their offense is pretty good. They just can't stop anybody. That's kind of been their problem. They they cannot get stops. And I think Kendall Walker. Yeah, dominates him on the ground. I think he does whatever he wants in this game. And you know. But I think Maryland kind of tries to keep up with them as long as they want in this game. But just it just won't be enough because I don't think their defense will make enough stops for them. Um, you know, Maryland, too, they're minus nine on the turnover margin. Michigan State's been pretty good forcing turnovers, and I think they forced a couple in the game this week. And I got Michigan State winning by a couple scores. Got a big matchup in the Big Ten West. This could be the – this could be the – this could these could be one of the two teams that could face – uh, the Big Ten East winner in the Big Ten championship game as Minnesota goes to Iowa. I think this is a game where it's, it's built for Iowa. And their defense, you know, does well against Tanner Morgan and they get pressure on Tanner Morgan. I think the run game with uh, Tyler Goodson is good. I feel like Kirk Ferentz, his team wins this game by – it's hard for me to say Iowa wins a game by double digits, but I feel like Kirk Ferentz wins this game by double digits. But Justin and Tanner Morgan lead um, – can they bounce back from last week's embarrassment? Can he lead – can they lead – can he lead Minnesota to the upset over Iowa? I don't see it. Uh, I get I win this game twenty to twenty to ten. Um, Morgan, his last three weeks, is zero touchdowns, a three interceptions. But Minnesota's running the ball seventy percent of the time, and they're down to their well, uh, fourth string running back right now. Like, and they're, they're they've been great running the football. Um, and I think I was going to make them throw the football. Morgan has not been great this year, and I think that's going to be a problem. I think Iowa picks off a couple of passes in this game and their offense kind of sets that up. And I mean, their defense sets up their offense in this game. Minnesota did absolutely nothing last week. It's a decent Illinois team. They have a ton of seniors, but it's not a great team. Now you face Iowa. 
that hasn't been well. They played. Um, they 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 didn't play great last week at Northwestern. I think this week they they played really well um, defensively. I think they get after them, and I think it's a long day for Tam Morgan in that offense. They just you know they they can't really throw the football right now. Huge game, big game in the SEC. It's a bigger game than people think. Because Texas A&M still has a chance, and I think they still got a playoff chance. I know it's very slim, but they still got a playoff chance. If they can win out and Bama loses to Auburn, they're playing Georgia in Atlanta. And if they beat Georgia and Bama, how could you not put them as the SEC, as the, put them in the playoffs? So I still think Texas A&M has a playoff chance. But the problem is, is they're facing a, a much better quarterback this week in Matt Corral. I know Texas A&M has the better defense. Has the better defense. And the coaches are pretty even with Lane Kiffin and uh, Jimbo Fisher. But I'm going with Ole Miss cl- close. I'm going with the team with the better quarterback. I'm going with Ole Miss to get to 8-2. I'm Justin, going to 8-2. Oh, sorry. And, Justin, uh, did you think Texas A&M is going to keep their playoff hopes alive? Yeah, I'm not I'm not picking. I'm done picking Lane Kiffin. The guy, <laughs> I, I can't anymore. He, he They've gone for it 35 times a fourth down this year. 35. I, Terrible, yeah. So there was one two weeks ago against um, Auburn. The analytical guy that wanted to punt it, and you could just see his face is like, well, what are you doing? Just staring at him like, like he's going against the analytical guys um, out there. But I I, I like taking I think, offense. I think, you know, Isaiah Spiller has over 200 yards. Ole Miss, five of the last six teams they face have ran for over 200 yards against them. Their defense has really taken a step back. Um, I, I, you know, so I think Spiller has a big day. I think Zach Calzara does – you know, does enough in this game. I think Lane Kiffin probably keeps his team from winning this game. I think he probably does something pretty dumb and helps Texas A&M in this game. Uh, I'll take Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies to win this game. I think their defense slows down Matt Crowell enough in this one. Um, yeah, and the Aggies have a small chance. I just, I don't, I'd be shocked if A&M scores a point against, against Georgia because their offense, because they could really just run the football. I don't see him scoring. Against Georgia, but they do they do have a shot. I don't know how many how many points to score against the Bulldogs though. They do meet. I know it's very slim, but um, you know, they, I guess it's still possible that they very slim outside chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, we'll, we'll see there. We'll see. We got an ACC matchup. This is huge for uh, what division is the Coastal Division? Atlantic. Atlantic, Atlantic. Division. A big, huge game. I think the winner the winner of this game wins the Atlantic Division and the ACC. And I think Sam Hartman's played really well this year, but I'm going with NC State. I'm going with the team with the better defense, the team that beat Clemson earlier in the season. I'm going NC State here. I'm going NC State to beat Wake Forest and be in position to get to the ACC championship game. Yeah, I like the Wolfpack. Dave Dorn's one of my favorite. Well, actually, Dave Clawson's actually two. Two of these guys, very underrated, I think, in the coaching ranks of college football. Um, they built both have built pretty good programs, especially Wake Dave Claus at Wake Forest, you know, smallest enrollment in FBS, and you know, they've He's sustained, you know, a winner here. Um, yeah, you know, NC State, that game against Mississippi State, they really struggled in the secondary. I think they've, they've kind of gotten better since then. Um, Devin Leary has been playing really, really well lately. You know, uh, I think like nine touchdowns his last few games, so like one interception maybe. He's, he's been really good all year. Um, there are 25 touchdowns, three interceptions on the year. He's been great. Uh, his last three games, seven touchdowns to one interception. I think he makes enough big plays in this game. I think Knight, the running back for the Wolfpack, does enough on the ground against Wake Forest. I think Sam Hartman makes some plays against the secondary. Uh, Wake Forest scored 35 points in every game they played this season. I don't think they get there this week. I have it 31-27, NC State getting the win on the road and winning the, coast, or winning the Atlantic Division. 
got Notre Dame and Virginia. And I, I do think Virginia gives them a game, but I do think Kieran Williams is the difference for, uh, for Notre Dame. I think it's a big game on the ground. And I got Notre Dame winning it by a touchdown and staying in the college football playoff race. Yeah, I get the average 30 to 34. Now, Kyle Hamilton does not play. He, he's listed as questionable right now. Um, I think that could be an issue. But uh, Virginia's start quarterback right now, Brandon Armstrong, is questionable as well. So it's one of those things right now up in the air for both guys because both guys are very, very important to their teams. Obviously, Armstrong is a quarterback. And Kyle Hamilton's probably, I think, probably going to be the first defense to back taking off the board. Uh, well, I get Nate Price singly because he's more of a cornerback, and I know safety's not really a primary position, but wouldn't be shy to see Hamilton be picked before him because we haven't seen singly play really in two years. But um, in the game, Kyron Williams, you know, you know, Nordane's offensive line kind of is starting to look like a vintage Nordane offensive line team. You know, they've gotten a lot better. I think Kyron Williams is whatever he wants on the ground. Virginia, the last seven games, have given up 37 points per game, and that includes – a shutout against Duke. So that's how bad their defense has been. I don't see Virginia beginning too many stops. I think they'll score some points, but I'll take the Irish to go on the road and win a close one at, at Virginia. We'll wrap up with a Big 12 match. We've got TCU and uh, Oklahoma State. And can TCU knock another team out of the Big 12 race? That's my question, but I feel like Oklahoma State is going to win. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, I got Oklahoma State too. I got them winning this 131 to 14. Oklahoma State, they have not allowed a team to score more than 24 points you know, against them this season. I think Jalen Warner, he has really struggled to kind of get it going the last few weeks. And, you know, I, I think he has a big game on the ground this week in TCU. Their, run, uh, their rushing defense is not great. They played well last week, but I think now that Oklahoma State's got some tape on Chandler Morris, I think he struggles a little bit in this game. Tough to go to Stillwater on a Saturday night and win. Um, I, I I think, you know, think Oklahoma State continues to, uh, you know, Continues to roll here before this big big matchup in uh of Bedlam here in a coming up in about two weeks. Got it, got it, got it. That'll that'll be a fun one in Bedlam in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. But we got to transition over to college basketball. UConn opened last night and the college basketball season opened last night. But before that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding with little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise has awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. That is Mosquito Shield. Visit MosquitoShield.com and tell them that uh, Sports Talk with R&J sent you and you get a discount. So Mosquito Shield Shield, and make sure you tell them that Sports Talk with R&J sent you. But we got to get to the college basketball season. And last night, UConn opened the season with a big win, 98-9-48 win over Central Connecticut. And, yes, you you know, everybody's going to say, oh, it's only Central. It's only Central. But I think the positive thing is they beat they beat a team they're much better than convincingly. I remember, you know, five years ago, uh, four, uh, four, five years ago this team lost to Wagner at home at Gamble. 
and, and then, you know, a couple of years ago, they're, they're barely squeaking out wins against these, you know, these mid-majors. I think, I think this is a really, really – this is a really good win for this team. Sanago stepped up. RJ Cole a good game. I really – I feel – I really – you were at the game last night. But, number one, how was it being there at Gamble? And what did you, what did you think about the performance? Yeah, it was great. Gamble, first time being back in 20 months. The uh, student section there was great. We walked in like 40 minutes before the game. The student section was full. Even like the back end of it, like um, the opposite side of it was packed like a half hour before the game. Um, did a great atmosphere. It was great to be back in there. Um, you know, I, and yeah, I loved the way they opened up that game. They, you know, they blew them out. And that game was over and about the – by the end of the first media timeout. And that's, you know, last year against Central, Central kind of hung around for the first 25, 30 minutes. Like, you know, you know, so I really liked how they kind of got out there early. Um, you know, they opened up on like a they have 20 to five or they had 22 to five run to open the game out. Um, I thought the, I thought their defense was phenomenal. They 429 turnovers. But, like, every time Central made a pass, they were in the passing lanes. They made it very difficult. You know, they didn't have a lot of open shots. Um, again, yeah, it's only Central. We'll find out against Auburn how good their defense is. But I like, you know, again, they weren't lazy on anything. Even when it was a big, big margin, they weren't lazy. Um, you know, again, Sanago was great. You know, Martin, Tyrese Martin finished around the rim. We'll see what he can do against Auburn in a couple weeks. But overall, I thought Cook – Cook, Cook played well, hit a big shot. Um, I thought all around, you know, everybody played pretty well in this game. You know, I, I was pretty pretty happy the way they played. You know, 99-48, they took care of business. Um, you know, they did whatever they wanted. Again, it's it's definitely a tournament team. I think it could be the second best team in the Big East by Nova. We're going to find out a lot more in a few weeks against Auburn. But, like, these first four games, they, they, they should win by margins like this. Coffin State. You know, it's horrible. Long Island's not very good. Binghamton's not very bad and very bad as well. So they should win games like this by like big blowouts. But yeah, I thought Cole played well. I, I thought pretty much for the most part, everybody played well. Diggins, I thought, they didn't really do much offensively, but defensively, I really liked his defense. Um, and the few minutes he played. So yeah, it, it was, you know, it was an all around effort. It was 40 minutes they played, which is great, full 40 minutes. So, you know, We'll see what they can kind of build off now. Um, they go, you know, they kind of continue here a couple more tune-up games before battles for Atlantis. Yes, yes. And now with, I think the big question is going to be with James Booknight gone, who is going to be that guy this year? Is it going to be, you know, R.J. Cole? Is it going to be Tyrese Martin? Or is it going to be us? Is it going to be Sanago? Who is going to be that guy who's going to replace the production that uh, that James Booknight gave them last year? And, yeah, you know, that's – been a huge question kind of this whole offseason for the Huskies and I think it's gonna be I would I'm gonna I you know I've been going kind of with Sanago you know I but I think the thing is too like that's gonna help is if they you know he's getting double teamed a lot you know and he's gonna open up the shooters yeah, he's, gonna open up, up. he's gonna open things up so they could hit a lot of threes yeah you know they hit a couple last night you know Cole you know Martin could shoot it out there Tyler Polly we know Gaffney like they they have some shooters um, Jordan Hawkins, a freshman who didn't play because of ankle injury, sounds like there's a chance he can play Saturday. He was one of the best three-point shooters coming out of this class. So, you know, he's going to be a shooter. I think he's a freshman, too, in Hawkins that could have a boat night-esque kind of freshman year where he comes on in January or February. He's going to be he, he he's gonna be a guy that's gone in two years. He's going to probably be a lottery pick, I believe, in two years. 
Um, he's, he's really talented. Hopefully, you know, you'll see him out there Saturday. But, um, you know, like I think it could be Sonago and I think it could be a variety of guys. Like I think it could be any given guy on any given night. Like Martin closed last year to a double-double. You know, R.J. Cole averaged 24 game at Howard. Like I thought last year he just consistency wasn't there at times. Again, if he can get kind of consistently knocked down shots, I think he's be fine. We, we know Polly can kind of go on those runs. So I think it's Sonago and I – think it could kind of be you know it's going to be the majority of it but i also think it's kind of going to be any given person any given guy you know any any given night um because i think too like i think it's going to be a grinded out type of team where they're probably not they're going to probably score you know in biggie's play probably score you know 65 to 70 points a game but they're going to hold teams i think to like 65 and under so you know they're not going to need a ton of scoring in most games because I think their defense, the way they play defense, I think it's going to keep them in a lot of games. We know Villanova was picked to win the league, and they got Colin Gillespie back, who's probably the best player in the league. Do you feel like UConn is a better team than them? No, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, they Colin Gillespie, um, he, again, I, I do think he's at Jalen Brunson and, and um, Ryan Archie Diacono that, that have won kind of the titles for him. Um, you know, Justin Moore, I'm excited to kind of see. He had a great – he put up 27 yesterday um, for the Wildcats. So he played really well. You know, I think down low, I think UConn's front court's definitely better. You know, well, they have Samuels playing the four this year. So, Samuels is going to be a tough out. But, like, Eric Eric Dixon, uh, you know, he's not great. But, like, he's that kind of center. He's 6'8". Like, he's not, like, a prototypical big guy. But I, I just think going over shooting wise, like I think the way UConn plays defense, like if they're not able to get a couple steals and they leave guys opening, it's Nova. I Nova's going to burn them. So I, I think Nova, like Nova's right there as my pick right now to win the national championship very early on. Uh, but we're going to find out Nova Friday night because they play UCLA. But I, I think Nova right now is still the class of the league. Yeah, that's a big game. You talk about the national championship and. What UConn being number 24 in the country going into the season, what is the ceiling for this UConn team? If everything falls right, what's the ceiling for this UConn team? I, you know, because I've read a couple articles too, and I, I do think they could be a dark horse to win the Final Four where they're like that six, seven seed that they can go on a run. Uh, but I think realistically, I think it's more of get to the second round. I think they, it's a team that can get to the second round uh, or the second weekend of the tournament. I think it's more likely than the final four, but I think they could go on a run. If I think they, you know, could go on one of those UConn runs. Uh, I think they have the guard play. I like Cole, uh, Martin, Andre Jackson, great vision, great passer, not a great scorer yet, but freak athletically doesn't have great handles, but um, I think, I think they have the guard play. I think they have the front court to kind of, I, they're going to have the front court to match up with anybody in the entire country. Like that's, like Auburn too. Like Auburn's got like a top five front court as well. I think UConn's right up there with them. Like that. That's going to be a fun matchup to kind of test where their front court is. They're deep in there. Like I think UConn. I think UConn's be able to play 10, 11 guys, and I hope they press and they kind of try to wear you down. I think they have the potential. You know, I, I do think they could be a dark horse Final Four, but I think it's more likely that they get to like a second round or I mean the second weekend of the NCAA second weekend the NCAA tournament. Yeah, because, you know, Hurley has not won a tournament game yet. I mean, last year he lost to Maryland. They so. did win um, – or they beat OU or Oklahoma or Ole Miss two, three years ago. Then they lost to Duke when um, uh, the second round a few years ago. 
What year was that? Eight? No, it wasn't it nineteen? I think. No, they didn't. I don't think they made the oh, tournament. No, 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 no. They couldn't. But um, is it fifteen or sixteen? They, well, sixteen. They, they sixteen. They beat Colorado. They beat Colorado and they lost to Kansas. So that was um. Yeah, that was, that was Colorado. Ollie. That, that was yeah, that was Ollie. Oh, yeah, so Hurley's um, never won a tournament game because you're one. Oh, oh, you say that UConn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I think you meant Hurley's a general tournament game at UConn. Yeah, yeah, they haven't yes, won. A, yeah. They've only won a tournament game at UConn in the in the, in the uh, Dan Hurley year because they because uh, you know the first year they they uh, missed they missed the uh, they missed the tournament. Second yeah. year they came out at the end, but due to COVID they didn't have the chance. They wouldn't have made the tournament. They, they didn't have the chance to play in the NIT. And then last year they lose to Maryland. So yeah, I th- yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking uh yeah I'm one, one, one one week. I'm thinking uh, like maybe second weekend. And Jay said, Justin, yeah. thinking early you are right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're such a professional guru that you're thinking early you are right. Yeah. yeah. Nice for that. Because I remember when they beat Trey Young in Kentucky yeah. in the tournament. Yeah. I think they lost yeah. to Duke. Yeah. Because I wanted Trey Young to face Duke and then we didn't get that matchup. We got, I think we got Hurley playing. I think we got Hurley uh, going up against, uh, we had, I think we got Hurley going up. We had Hurley going up against uh, Duke in that matchup. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have the they, they didn't have the the skill level there to match up with Duke, but yeah, because that was a fun one because they went to OT too. Um, against the Sooners, that that was a fun one. Yeah, I remember, I remember watching that game. Yeah, I remember watching that one. Yep. But the Champions Classic was last night, and uh, it's one of the biggest events in college basketball. You know, obviously you saw the second game with all this, all the NBA players and all the celebrities there. So that, that definitely got me hooked. But I mean, the first game, Kansas beat uh, beat Michigan State eighty seven to seventy four. And really, what I took out of that game was uh, a Joby. He's clearly better than anyone on either of those on on Michigan State. I mean, I think a Joby could be one of the best players in the country this year. He had a great game with twenty nine points. What are your expectations for both teams? I know they're different because Kansas is the number three team in the country. Had one of their better players out last night, too. Still won by double digits. And Michigan State's unranked. What are your expectations for both teams? For Kansas this year, it's the national championship bus like it is for Kansas. Now, I don't think they're a win because I don't think Bill Self's that great a coach. And we've been kind of been over that. Um, but I think for Kansas, it's gotta, they got to be able to knock down the three-point shot. Last year, they only shot 32% from deep. And, you know, they'll need Jalen Wilson. I He's suspended for anything for another three games. Uh, you know, fans will be back out on Fieldhouse. Like, they lost some games last year at home that they usually don't lose. And, you know, I like the addition of Remy Martin at the point guard because that was really a struggle for him last year. They were not great at distributing. Uh, Martin's not really known for his distributing. He's more of a scorer. But, again, last year Arizona State, they kind of need him to. This year, Kansas, he may not need to. Yeah, Joby was great. Um, they need Chris, um, Christian Brown to really step up, you know, and hit knock down some threes. They wanted to be more served this year. Again, I think Kansas, the ceiling is national championship robust. Like it is at Kansas, but again, it's, can they knock down the shots? David McCormick too. Like he played really rough in the last year. They need him to kind of continue, you know, kind of take another step forward this year for the Jayhawks. Um, but it's, it's national championship robust for Bill Self. Um, now, hopefully, he may not have too much time left, but the sentencing investigation, of course, has not somehow lost a job yet. It's crazy. And what are the expectations for Michigan State being unranked in the Big Ten? Yeah, Michigan State yeah, loaded Big Ten again. I, I think it's they should get to the tournament, but like again, I think it's like a nine, nine, ten, eleven seed. Like I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna probably show again. I don't think they have the athletes again, like they didn't last year. They need Gabe Brown to take that next step. Hey, you know, Max Christie, a five-star prospect, he's going to be, you know, the starting shooting guard. Um, you know, again, like I know sometimes freshmen, it's 
hit or miss. I think you should be fine. He should be able to knock down some shots because they really showed as well last year to knock down shots and they did last night. And I like the addition of Tyson Walker from Northeastern. Yeah. Um, brings them much more because they want to run a lot more this year. They did a lot. He did a lot of that last year with Northeastern. So I think it's a good guy to have, but you know, like, Who's going to be the number one scorer? Is it going to be Walker? Is it going to be Christie? Is it going to be Gabe Brown? Like, you know, who's going to step up and be the number one scorer? I don't know yet. And then, or Joey Hauser, the Virginia tra- um, Marquette transfer, his brother played, or his twin played at Virginia last year. Um, he needs to be better. They really need him to step up. And, you know, he wasn't, I think it's seven points last night. He wasn't great last night. Like, they need some guys to really step up, and I don't know who those guys are right now. In a loaded Big Ten conference, too, you know, I think they may finish high towards the middle of the pack again. I think, it, you know, I just – I don't think they're a little bit better than last year, but not by much. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But last night we had Duke, Kentucky, all the stars were out. We saw R.J. Barrett. We saw, you know, we saw uh, O.J. Uh, Obi Toppin. We saw, you know, Julius Randle. All the stars were out for that game at the Garden. And it was, and Cal was beating his own game. It was it was a uh, page it was Paige Benchero and uh, at twenty five oh no oh, no Paul, uh, Paolo Benchero he had twenty five uh, Trevor Keels he had twenty five too and then Cal was beating his own game last night Duke is what Kentucky used to be but with a better coach and Kentucky I feel like this is now a second tier program Cal's not getting the freshman he used to get and now he's trying to do it with veterans and he's just he's just not he's just not in the same league as as the top coaches he's just not in the same league I mean he's a great recruiter. But he's just not a great coach. He's just not in, in the same, in, in, in the league of the, of the Jay Wrights, the Tom Izzo's, the Coach K's. He's not. He's he's not in that league. And, but we know both these teams missed the, missed the tournament last year. I think it's a pretty obvious question: which one has a better chance to bounce back this year? I think it's Duke. I think I don't. I know. I think it's would be better. I think Kentucky's going to make the tournament this year. But I, I thought they were overrated when I saw them ranked number ten. I, I think it's overrated, and I think that's more of a. I think they should be ranked more. 15 to 20, 25 range. Like, I don't, I don't think they're, things are good. I think they'll be competitive in the SEC. I think they have a chance to win the league. But yeah, I don't, again, Oscar to Sweeba um, really kind of kept them in it. He's 17 points, 18 rebounds. He, he's, that's what they needed. You know, they need a big guy like that. Um, but yeah, like the transfer last night, they didn't do enough. Like, he grabbed uh, three, fre- three, four freshmen he's got on the team. It's mostly transfers. And they really – they struggled last night. I think maybe they'll get it going. Um, I think Friday night they played uh, nobody. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I think Kentucky's going to show. But I, I think Duke, too, like, you know, I think Duke's going to be good. I think they bounce back this year. But, like, for Duke, too, like, besides Keels and uh, Bantura, who is their number three scorer? You know, yeah, they're, they're, not, yeah, they're relying on freshmen. And we know that goes in college basketball. I mean, in certain years, there's exceptions. But even when Duke had R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, they didn't win the national championship. No. No, that was embarrassment for Coach K. Yeah, that, that, you know, that was an embarrassing year for them. Not, not, they should have lost to UCF. I'm still bitter over that one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, they showed from three again last night. One for 13, and that was, you know, they showed last year besides Matthew Hurt. And Matthew Hurt was, like, you know, he was inconsistent at times. He'd throw up 32 one game, and the next one he'd go 0 for 9. Like, you know, I thought A.J. Griffey, he's been hurt. I think he's kind of going to play more poor role. I thought he was really good defensively last night. I thought the Duke's link really bothered Kentucky. But, like, 
Wendell Moore and Mike Mark Williams, they need those two to be scorers. You know, Wendell Moore really hasn't grown to the potential I think they thought he was going to become. Williams is kind of old school center. He hasn't been great, but like besides those two, and I, I do think Kentucky or Duke's going to – because I don't think Mike Shashi would be retiring after this year if he didn't think that he had a team that could win it all. Because I think he obviously wants to win out going on the top, but – I don't know. I really need to see a third score. I think, you know, I don't think they're going to win the ACC. Well, the ACC looked so bad last night. Like, I, I can't really. Yeah, Virginia lost to Navy, I saw. Yeah, their defense. So, their defense kind of show, struggled at times. And then Virginia, they, they can't score again. That, that's for sure. Um, you know, I guess we'll see Florida State tonight. North Carolina gets a little good. But, like, right now, I you know, they, they possibly could because they look pretty good. But. Other than that, like, yeah, they need a, they they need that third guy. I think they, you know, I do think they have a good team. I like Jeremy Ro- Roche as a point guard. I think he's a very good distributor. But like, can he become a scorer? I don't. I just don't know. I don't. I got to see this team hit some shots before I really kind of latch on to them. We'll see them play Gonzaga on Black Friday, so I think you'll really get a good test for them there, and really find out more about. Duke then, but right now I, I think they're a pretty good team. I think it's a team that could make a Final Four run. I think it's a team that they can get a third quarter, could win it. I think with those two they could, but like it, the chances of those two being on every single night in the tournament, they're going to need a third at one point. That's why I don't think they're going to win it, but I think they could make a run and it wouldn't shock me if they do win it all because it is Coach K's farewell tour and again, I, I think he could have some some calls go his way, but oh man, oh here we go. Yeah, the nauseam tours I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not a Coach K guy. We de- we de- we definitely know that. We definitely know that. But that's gonna wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RMJ. For our producer Jace Garcia, did a great job. For Justin Nafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week previewing Week 12 of the college football season and Week 11 of the NFL season. Have a great weekend, everyone.